Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ben Griffin Podcast. On this week is my friend Jonathan. He was born in Uganda, raised in Ethiopia, as well as many other countries around the world, and now is studying in the United States. Jonathan and I get to have a little bit of discourse about African culture, family, politics, especially when it comes to corruption and infrastructure. But overall, I get to kind of talk about his arc from going from a young man in Africa to now being in America and everything in between. Now, due to time constraints, this podcast was cut in half, but believe me, the best content was saved. So sorry for the inconvenience if you hear the slight cut. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in and enjoy the podcast. Have a nice day. Jonathan, what's up? Welcome to the Benjamin. podcast, man. Oh, full names already. <laughs> formalities, formalities. What's up, Uncle Ben? <laughs> you know, you're like only the second person to call me that this year. I had to explain Besides it. Besides Koi? Koi, I don't think, uses it. Really? No, he, he hasn't ben? used it yet. Wow. I know. I thought, because like, that was the first person I heard it from, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to use it too. He, he may have used it once, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's been happening to me. I've been having a lot of uh, senior moments this year. Yeah, you're just muting out people. I just forget to listen. <laughs> I really do, and it's a problem with me. I got to work on because I'm. When you go back to school, your brain flips. You know, you get that sharpness back of your learning, and you become super aware of things. Exactly. Social life, dulled out. You just you forget to listen to things. You forget to do things. You forget to yeah, text because, somebody. Yeah, because you're you're always on when you're in class. Yeah, you are. So once you're like out and you're not having to think about it a lot, and it's just there at the back of your head, so you're just in a daze. <laughs> oh, I zoned out hard today, like For head, neck back, eyes <laughs> up, second coming taking me. You know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was bad. But then again, I, I just, a lot of the listeners probably have kind of put one and two together. I'm an RA. Yeah. And um, so I'm up. I'm walking around the dorm. I'm walking around a non-traditional floor in yeah. a freshman dorm, so it's not the nicest situation. Exactly. And it's been hot here, like oh, extremely yeah. hot in the dorms. Oh, yeah. So we have guys on my wing that are walking around, you know. Butt naked. Almost butt well, naked. Half, half naked, yeah. Yeah, pretty damn close. And <laughs> what's worse than a guy you know who is almost butt naked? A guy you don't know who's butt naked. Mm. Because we got all the refugees from Bennett. Because mm. a couple days ago, we had yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. rainstorm. Bennett flooded in the basement. Yeah. And now we have a bunch of, you know, we got their RAs. We got their residents. Yeah. And now we're all shoved into Tommy One, One. together. Especially when it's this hot. Well, it's gonna rain tomorrow, which yeah. I'm dreading because I'm also working the football game and I'm and <laughs> Tell I'm golf cart driving. what you do because I think this um, is so fun. Like this is amazing. <laughs> this is the best job you can have at a football game. Okay, so I am a student ambassador for the in- institutional advancement. So Ooh, basically, extra titles. Basically, what I do is beg for money from rich people that were alums at the school or friends or whatever. Yeah. And you ask them for money for the student fund, which basically (laughs) paid for half of my tuition. (laughs) And so it's a pretty important job. Um, But also what we do is at the games, we're working different stuff like the tailgate lot, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're shuffling people around on golf carts. We're working the suites where the super rich guys with their deep pockets are and trying to like get them. The thing that amazes me is that they gave you a golf cart. And I mean, for people who haven't been to a Johnny game, yeah. you guys are driving like hardcore. Like it's a Constantly. couple miles back and forth, back and forth. And you guys are <laughs> flying down the highway. I swear, <laughs> I swear, cause you're like put, taking people everywhere. And then like now we kind of have to be restricted cause we can't go beyond the four way point. Oh, like really? Sure is. Okay. Yeah. That's a county road. If you yeah, go into it, like, okay, as okay. you're going down towards Flinttown. Okay. So we're restricted now, but you're going to find people asking, hey, can you drop me off here? I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> I want your tips, but I can't. Uh, and those tips are real good, especially no. on a rainy day. I'm amazed. Like, you were throwing out numbers like $60 for a ride. No, not $60. Um, some random dude, I, I believe he was drunk out of his mind because like, y'all are <laughs> alcoholics. How do you start drinking at 9 in the morning? You'll find out tomorrow. Oh. But anyways, um, <laughs> you'll find well, out. Well, I get it. Um, I come from a culture of alcoholics and myself, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not me. Um, dude just gave me 50 bucks for like dropping him off, but in total, like on the day, you get between, I, I would say not less than 100 bucks. Okay. Game. For just well, that's why that's the favorite job yeah. out of everybody. Like that's what we compete for. Like even last semester, I was like, ah, we need one one. No, yeah. Do golf carting. You guys no. look like the most diverse trucking group I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like y'all are driving up and down the street, <laughs> just yeah. pulling over, picking we're people doing up. Everything, cause like we also work the parking lots. And that's right. Then we're bounces as well, and then you're doing all sorts of stuff, and then we have to clean up after the guys at the tailgate lot. Well, oh, really? this year we don't have to. They kind of switched it up. But last year it was crazy. What is the... Don't you guys also do, like, dinners at Guild Hall, too, once in a yeah, while? Yeah, that, too. Um, when there's alumni kind of events, alum events, mm-hmm. um, we do that, too. We help them out. We talk to them. You know, sweet talk. Yeah. The people with the money and basically show them that their money is going to a good cause. And yeah. Going to upstanding men. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cue us sitting in this room, exactly. you know, trying to, uh, I don't well, know, yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing half di- half the days here. <laughs> We've digressed. What else? Well, no, I was going to, I was going to let you know this too, because I got a cool offer, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, I really haven't gotten a chance. I, I got the room, yeah. you know, as the RA and I was like, I'm going to set it up as a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And I did. It's not the most successful recording studio because, you know, there's it's an open area. It's hard exactly. to kind of trap sound. you got to have a fan going because it's so hot in here and exactly. blah, blah, blah. There's there's things wrong with the room. Yeah. Sorry, i got to put this down for a sec. But I got offered from Johnny Benning Media to use the CSB recording studio. Yeah. So I think the next episode I do next week, or the there. next scheduled, yeah. I do a lot of impromptus, yeah. will be actually in... A recording studio like which makes it provided by Benz yeah. but they also gave me the newsroom which you and I both work for the news team here yeah, which is do. you know kind of why oh, I can throw I that around I'm sorry. I didn't go this week because I was just crazy busy on Thursday mm. but uh, you want to go next I, week we can do it pre- together I had a presentation that I had to finish <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. and I thought I, 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 f- I got out of the library yesterday at like 1130 I was surprised I was like Oh, I actually finished wow. this early. Yeah. Um, was that the one you were telling me about? Yeah, about yeah. the FYS stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, 
I managed to finish that, but like I just couldn't do anything else. I even missed yeah. my pre-law club stuff. Oh, that's that. right. I'm doing the I was gonna go to the uh, criminology mm, club yeah. meeting because I, I'm I'm fascinated with criminology. Although I'm gonna walk True. in there, most of those people that's what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. But I'd like to just meet a couple of people to have interviews yeah, with learn them. Learn a little bit more yeah. about the psyche behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that fascinated me as well, and like how how they actually find people because like yeah. I'm, like, really wondering, like, if somebody really wants to kill somebody without a trace and just completely dissolve them, mm-hmm. it technically can be done. Yeah. Well, unless we j- unless the person is just, it just wanes on their conscience too much and then they just yeah. sell themselves out. I wonder how often that happens where, I mean, cold cases happen all the time. Yeah. But where legitimately they planned out a murder that actually dismissed the body got rid of the evidence successfully and yada 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 and made sure they they weren't tied to the situation had their alibis straight yeah straight and narrow you know well and i mean it's it's crazy because when i studied when i studied the juvenile prison before we went in there and i was taking this class on criminal justice we talked about going on dark web yeah. And hitman is a very real thing yeah. that's very much in america it's very much worldwide yeah. it's Definitely. People live off of that. I, I shouldn't say they live off of it, but a lot of people make quite a bit of money off of that. A lot of money. A lot of money. And, yeah, it's just shocking to believe that that's out there. That that's really something that you see on the movie screen, mm-hmm. but it's really it's out real. there. Yeah. And then, like, who really has, like, who really fucked you over to, like, you want them dead? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, how the, how the hell does that happen? Well, we just did a... I have this class, free speech, where we literally study the amendments, or the First Amendment, and, you know, what we should allow, what we shouldn't allow, and blah, blah, blah. We really break down arguments. It's an argument of class. Yeah. And we were talking about a book called Hitman, and it was written by a man, I shouldn't say a man, it was written by a housewife who posed to be an ex-hitman named Rex Flor- Flores, Flores, I believe. Uh, this is when I need a fact checker, right? Yeah. But... A murder actually occurred based on that book, step by step. And a man hired a hitman, quote-unquote, who had read this book to kill his son, who was going to inherit around $2 million. It was quite a lot of money. So they killed the son, the ex-wife, and the caretaker based on that book. And this whole case that happened was, I believe it was in 72. Again, I need a fact checker for this Mm -hmm. stuff. But they backtraced the book because they're like, this looks super familiar. This yeah. is like techniqued by somebody, who something knows. we know, yeah. you know, and lo and behold, it was based off that book mm-hmm. and they were able to I figure out who ordered it and they found the dad had ordered it yeah. and gave it to this man. So that's how they solved the case. But yeah. ca- think about just that case alone, just as is a dad, a father figure. Hires a kill man, uh, hires a hitman to kill his, his son, son who was special needs at the time. That is sad. Ex-wife and the caretaker. Damn. Like, whoa, you know, like there's yeah. just not enough. I don't know. I like to pause mentally to really take it in, but that's one of those cases that I have a hard time taking it all in. Like exactly. that, just the motivation to get money. Yeah. You would kill your own family, your own flesh and blood. 
No, but not only that. Uh, I believe there might have been a movie based off of that. I oh, don't really? know what the title title is, but I believe the movie was based off of that. Where they base basically the premise of the whole the whole movie was exactly what you just described about this man and ordering a headman to kill his wife and wow. his ex wife and. I have to check that out right after the show. Yeah. We'll have to um, do I don't remember what it was, but what you're describing right now is exactly what happened. Huh. Um, uh-huh. Well, not exactly, but like... Pretty close. Like pretty the close. Like, there was a book where it told you how... Actually, oh, the book... <laughs> I love that it, the it was, thoughts are coming together yeah, now. Yeah, like, it came yeah, together. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> basically, what happened, I, from what I remember, is some guy found out how to kill people and how to cover it up so that they wouldn't get caught. Okay. And it was basically like somebody wrote a book on how to kill somebody. And this person read it and followed it to the letter and managed not to get caught. Wow. I think. I'm not sure what happened at the end of the movie. But like this, in this situation, it was the person actually carrying it out themselves and not hiring somebody to do, the, do it for them, I think. Mm. Mm. Something Crazy. like that. Dang. That's nuts. I know, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's just hard for me to kind of imagine. Yeah, besides it being in like a Criminal Minds episode, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that fascinates me so much. Yeah. And actually, this new show called Bull, where they kind of use psychoanalysis to and and jury science, like they analyze different juries to like help build a case or help defend somebody, like when they're like. When there's a lot of evidence against them, okay. and try to influence the situation so that they get the best for their client to like wow. avoid being jailed or something, wow. or being charged from. But anyways, going back to <laughs> random people on Tommy One. No, it's really well, that door. That door's I closed. I'm waiting for them to move back, just because I know how miserable they are, and when True. they have that energy in the area, it makes everyone else miserable. It does. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, they go back here pretty quick. You know, some of them are awesome. I love Lucas. Like yeah. he's the other RA True. that we know mutually. Yeah. He lives just down the hall. I, you know, Actually, I went through boot camp today. with him. Happy oh, it birthday. is. That's right. It yeah. is today. I it's should send him birthday, something. And he was just. He was just so. He just wasn't happy. He just wanted to go back to his room. Yeah. Because <laughs> I spoke to him today um, after my macro class. And we were just talking about, like, what's your plan for the day? And he's like, oh, it's actually my birthday and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. You know, I was like, uh, he was like, they're still dehumidifying the place. And they should be back That's by next week. Yeah. But they were like, they were expecting to be in Bennett, which is like probably one of the nicest spots to live in on campus. Yeah. In Especially my book, it is. Especially if you're single. Yeah. If you're single. Not, well, also if you're sharing with somebody. But besides the apartments, that's the nicest place to live. Yeah. Especially in proximity. And to yeah. To be connected to the quad and everything like the that. quad, the music building. Everything. Um, Simmons is like a two-minute, not even two-minute, a one-minute walk. Yeah. Um, I've seen guys do it in shorts, which I still think is crazy. Especially when it's cold as hell well like, you no. well let, let's get to the matter at hand here you're from uganda you lived yeah. in ethiopia like you're used to weather that is hot hot and i i'm a guy that i appreciate <laughs> like i like to be warm i'm not mm-hmm. i do not like to be cold that much I think but 
so we have a mutual agreement here. I think when we see guys wearing shorts in the winter, um, all you want to do. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that is all I'm saying. Like, if any random Johnny is here that knows they've walked in shorts when it was snowing or there was a blizzard, and you saw me look at you while all you were in is a fucking hoodie and shorts and. Whatever shoes you had, like whatever trainers there were, and it was like a Sunday morning breeze. Yep. Fuck y'all, because I wish I had that tolerance. Oh my god. I cannot stand it. The best part is, and I wish I wish I could show this on the podcast, but I have a picture of you with like five layers. Remember? Oh my goodness. It was it got down there, and it wasn't like. We had a couple of days it was 40 below, yeah. but it wasn't the 40 below days. It was like the negative 10, negative yeah. 15 with the windshield exactly. days. And you were walking out in like three hats, a bunch of gloves stuffed on. No, it's like I had my beanie on and yeah. then I added the hoodie on top. Yeah. And then I had the face mask underneath That's right. it. That's right. Then I had like probably two or three, two or three like layers of shirts underneath. And then yeah. I had my long johns, and then like I had two or three socks. You as started well. layering. You started looking like Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory, <laughs> exactly. like with the three different T-shirt colors mixed exactly. and matched. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, at that point, I wasn't caring about my fashion sense. <laughs> I was like, I want to be warm. Y'all can suck a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you are, you're one of the better dressed guys on campus. I think, like I, style I, wise, I, yeah. I wouldn't say that. You're up there. I wouldn't say that. Are, try, are we talking now or in general? Because I'm talking in, in general. general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no. I don't know what that is, though. There's some people that just have intuition towards that. They um, do. I lived with four women <laughs> for six <laughs> just years Just stop straight. there. Don't finish that sentence. For six years straight. Yeah. My mom, my cousin, my sister, and my aunt. So you have to be on point to make them look better. <laughs> yeah. To a certain extent, but... Um, I guess that's where I get it from. Well, let's Plus, let's use that as a jumping point then, because that's the big reason I wanted to bring you in today is to talk a little bit about uh-huh. just how you've gotten to be here. Because I've been friends with you for a year. A yeah, year a little over a year now. Yeah, a little over a year. Because I met you last year for your first Fall. semester, my first yeah, semester. First, yeah. And. You're from Uganda, you're from Ethiopia, you've traveled, you've been to Indiana, which I thought was the strangest place for you to come from. I remember the first time you you and I talked, I remember this, actually. Yeah. I go, where are you from, Jonathan? And you go, Indiana. And I want to go, bullshit. <laughs> no, I didn't say I was from Indiana. Yeah. Oh, wait, I think You said right you were, after... last spot you lived was like Indianapolis. Yeah, where, where I stayed yeah. for the break. Exactly, okay. Um, that was because my uncle lived there. Yeah. And my uncle used to be the former bodyguard for, um, the first prime minister of Uganda and probably actually the first president of Uganda. Wow. Um, and he served him in his second term before he got exiled, uh, by Idi Amin. So let's, let's just take it right there. It was, uh, Museveni, the current president. Okay, so let's take it right there. So there was a prime minister originally in the government. Went yes. As far, let's just start with your family tree, just kind of where you... So your uncle was the gar- bodyguard for a prime minister in Uganda. Yeah. He was exiled by a president that took over? Yeah, the current president. The current president. Um, Would so this president be considered more like a dictatorship? Because if he's in office that long, or is he just reelected every year? Um, I don't know jack shit about technically reelected, but you could say that it's definitely rigged and okay a lot of um manipulation and corruption going on 
um, just to, in general, is this working? Yeah, yeah, um, you're good. Just to influence the way the elections went on. So he's been in power for about 30 years. Maybe you could say the first two elections he had gone through because we elect our presidents every five years. Okay. It's a five-year term. So the first two terms could have been um, could have been fair, free and fair elections. But after that, when you have that taste of power and you know you can control so much, you want to control it for as long as you can and then choose the people who will succeed you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks to be going that way. <laughs> Unless there's a revolution going on. Um, you can look at people like... Um, the perfect example is the late president of Zimbabwe. Um, what's his name? Robert Mugabe. <laughs> I almost had a brain fart. You um, could have thrown out any name. I could have thrown out any name, but... Um, you could have said, you know, Dennis Smith, and I probably would have... No, not really, but... <laughs> no. I, uh, it's fine. Don't worry if you have... Uh, a pause you can take yeah pause. i digress but anyways you, you can take somebody like robert mugabe who had been in power for quite some time about the same amount of time as um the 70 is and he had been kicked out he was once a hero and he lived long enough to die the villain wow that's basically what it is um so, so what exactly so you were born in uganda yes Kampala, you were raised there for exactly. how many how long were you living there before you I left? I lived there for 15 years before okay. I moved to Ethiopia. And what was the reason for the move? Um, my mom got a job for the African Union Commission. Okay. So she's a policy officer slash diplomat. She works in agricultural policies, to be specific. Pol- uh, agriculture and trade policies. Um, so she works on those and helps... On the technical side of what um, you would say ministers and members of parliament do. She's the one who does the technical work for it, the research behind it, and then comes together with a policy that works for everybody. Um, And was working actually most recently on the continental free trade area that is happening, that was being put together for Africa right now. Okay. Sort of like um, what the EU has with their free trade area. Okay. So a similar version of that. Okay, basically. gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's the reason we moved. I lived there for six years from 2012 to about, I would say, 2018, August okay. 2018, yes. Because I moved. Yeah, you came I here. moved here uh, for school. And so. what, was it just in general you thought, oh, America's got really great colleges or just renowned? Because I know you've been to England. Yeah. I know you've been to France. Also yeah. got a really good education. Mm-hmm. Was there a big reason you chose USA and especially Minnesota? Um, number one, it was very far away from anything I had, I had okay. experienced and I, I was yeah. used to. Um, I wanted to go to England, but because of a few other personal things related to my health, yeah. Um, I didn't feel I had the requirements to get there because they focus more on your grades than they do um, your other aspects. Yeah. Um, the American system is different in that way is that they like to see potential in somebody and give them a chance. And obviously, as you say, it's well known for the land of opportunity. Now, for somebody that has come from the background that I have, 
it's quite easy for me to take advantage of that whereas somebody who has lived here their whole lives wouldn't necessarily realize that yeah that there's so much opportunity to do so many things and be exposed in so many ways and learn more but if you're used to it then you're not going to see it that way but for me it was more of yeah um it was far away <laughs> as long as i figured out a way to a way to pay for it then i was fine and you could say i really wanted to go to different concerts for favorite artists that i liked <laughs> hey that's the reason and that's like reason at the enough. beginning of this year i went to two so far it was the tyler creator concert and the burner boy concert which was fun for me kind of jealous about the tyler one yeah ah uh, that was fun that was a good so. time even though i had just gotten out of the hospital the day before <laughs> But I had bought the tickets before, and I wasn't about to lose no, that money. No, dedication. Oh, uh, man. Um, but, yeah, it was just that and just the overall freedom because um, I just wanted independence for my family. As much as I love my family, um, I wanted it to find my way. Yeah. And I felt like this was the place to do that because there's also a lot more options to explore. There's not that many options when you're back home. Mainly because of just the mentality and also just the infrastructure is not set up. The foundation wasn't set up there to have those options. It's either can I be ask, a doctor uh, or oh, something. So yeah, can no. I ask why the why you would say that? Because when you say that to me, like the culture is not set up for that or the infrastructure is not set up for that. Are you talking about the school or just the overall option of jobs? Or are you talking about a family dynamic where there's an expectation that you go somewhere else? It's all three of those. All three of them. All three of those, and you can add in the history of Africa in general. Okay. You can go back all the way from slave trade to colonialism, <laughs> yeah. and which is a touchy issue here as well. It's and it's a weirdly touchy it's a issue. Weirdly touchy issue. Because we imported, you know, we imported a ton of slaves here to America. Brazil had over 4 million. Exactly. We had like a couple hundred thousand. I don't actually know the exact number anymore. Yeah. I used to remember the exact number. Yeah. But Brazil makes us look like, you know, yeah, a drop of water in the ocean. Because the Portuguese had taken over. The Portuguese and Spanish yeah. had taken over. And they just they just herded them over. They were like, yeah. we, need, we need manpower. I'm hoping to talk to Elijah about that more. Because yeah. I think he would be the guy to he talk has, to he more. He has a greater understanding of yeah. that and the history behind that. I, I think know he'd be fascinating a to listen to. A few things here and there. But my my kind of my side of it is that I'm one of the descendants of the people who managed to stay back and <laughs> yeah. not get yeah. shot or kidnapped and yeah. taken. Or and survived the route well, here. And so. you were talking to me too about your family lineage. Yeah. That you guys came from the northern district or the northern area of Africa, um, right? Where we currently are is the northern part of Uganda. Okay. Uh, the north. Uh, so you guys were a little off the coast when that yeah. slave trade was really happening. Because I remember we, we, hearing about or reading about how they did raids. Yeah. And it was oftentimes the people who were in charge of the tribes would exactly. actually sell people off, which is yeah. even more despicable. It makes the story worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that was the way it was. Um what they would do obviously is that they would trade with the with the people in charge they would give them something they'd never had before because um you'd get you'd say simple things things we would take for granted now imagine them a hundred or two hundred years ago like i mean we just went through the industrial revolution 
mm. right? Um, like the industrial revolution happened in the 1600s, and it wasn't a lot of a lot of it wasn't in Africa per se. Like well, they I were still they, they were uh, coming up with stuff, but um, yeah, I think it was sport, the industrial revolution happened at the turn of the 19th century. Yeah, and you're talking about the giant boom of trades. Yeah, that we were figuring out how to process things like books back in exactly. the 1600s. So um, yeah. We had the Johann Gutenberg Press. We yeah. had, um, we just were, we were able you, to create you, a lot of like linens and things like that lot, to sell. You had a lot more stages of production. Yeah. You had your secondary stages and your your tertiary. Yeah. Basically, your service goods, but mainly your secondary stages of producing goods, was a lot, was way more on par. Well, well, it was more much further ahead than it was in in anything any tribal african group had but we had adapted like you can find a few tribes that would have adapted to using that kind of technology Mm -hmm. it wasn't that hard but it's just that it wasn't there and it was a resource we felt that was needed well the people in power needed right um obviously for prestige showing off you know and to trade for that what did you have slaves yeah people you felt um were um, a threat to your power or you were just jealous of in some way or were just weak or were criminals as well. So the outsiders, basically, you'd pick who you thought were the outsiders and sell those. Huh. And that's how you had the supply. Uh-huh. But if if you think about it, like really, really think about it, if if any of the tribes decided not to sell any of their people as slaves... How much more stronger would they have been if they were strategic? Because they knew the lay of the land. And you're dealing with foreigners who don't know much about it. And all they have is their technology. Mm-hmm. And once they had tried many times before, before they had actually figured out the formula and how to take over. So, um, yeah, for me, I come from the northern part of Uganda. And that ethnic group came originally from Abyssinia, which is what is modern-day Ethiopia as well. Okay. Because, um, as you know, there are different tribes all over Africa, but they did have their own migrations to explore, probably get new resources, and um, or just because like tribes would split, obviously, over feuds and just wanted to explore in general, maybe if they had low resources. And then you had how this basically spread so eventually what the tribe where i come from and both my parents are came from as well they settled in northern uganda where lake kyoga is and the river nile is settled there because the soil was fertile and they were cattle rearers and mainly farmers as well subsistence farmers so it was a good plot of land to yeah you know yeah expand and be who they are and that's how I came to be look at that (laughs) there wasn't that much uh, besides the colonialism not that much slave trade because there wasn't that they didn't explore that much it's like what they could find and what they knew so yeah yeah that's interesting because I don't like I said to you a couple days ago I really don't know a ton about African history yeah it's really kind of one of those things that I don't know enough. Yeah, it's I, we don't really know. Learning. The things we look at more are like music and tradition exactly. and things like that. I, I think the most African history I ever got was from um, it's a religion. Mm-hmm. What is it called? My God, uh, it's from 
it's a very like uh it's a mixture between african gods and when the slaves came over yeah to north america south america they they disguised it in christianity yeah um santeria yeah and a lot of baseball players still follow that that's about wow. the most i know about africa is really through their music yeah. through a lot of traditional dances yeah. through the use of their gods put into forms similar to that of christianity exactly to blend in yeah to hide it yeah. and that's about it i really don't know a ton and even with colonialism there we don't really just being in north america we were a colony yeah but it wasn't like we were studying what was going on in africa at the same time so it's yeah. kind of lost in the the Thanks. shuffle of education usually i i think it's really interesting because of I how diverse the population is there i think also it comes down to geography really. yeah and um everywhere is gonna you're wherever you're situated you're gonna learn what the history of that place is mm-hmm. um for us what we learned a lot was colonial history and the history of the different tribes that formed what form you current Uganda today and how our borders came to be and why we are the way we are. And that's the same with America. You're going yeah. to talk about stuff like the Library of Congress, um, the Declaration of Independence, the Founding Fathers, and us, we know these things because of how popular movies are and music is and how influential it is. Mm-hmm. You're surprised how... We wouldn't know jack shit about America if it wasn't for the fact that you guys are a superpower and a lot of the de- developments that you have influence the way that you've spread your culture. Mm-hmm. And essentially what your culture is is a lot of the movies that you've made, the music that you've made from rock music. I mean, well, rock is based off of blues, which is African. Like it no, yeah, it's like very African. brings it back to that. But how you've marketed yourselves and exposed everything and you know the psychology behind like the glamour and what america is has is what we know a lot about and not to mention the fact that you guys bombed a lot of people during world war ii oh. <laughs> and became a superpower everybody else is having their eyes on you because you yeah. know you have to be careful with who has the most power and you know, see where you stand and see what's going on there because anything that happens here could affect what happens around oh, the world. Yeah. You throw a stone into the pond, ripple yeah. effect. It's causing a ripple effect everywhere. Um, even even Europe as well. We pay a lot of attention to the news there. My dad, my dad was an avid um, advocate of me knowing what was going on in current affairs because... Not just what was happening within Uganda and the political political situation there and whatever was going on with the economy or random disasters that is going on in, well, general East Africa, but also what's going on around the world because knowledge is power, number mm-hmm. one. That is actually not just a fact, but is an absolute truth. Knowledge is power. And knowing what your opportunities are is quite important in the way that you understand the world and not many people get that even when i go back home i feel so different from i mean i say yes i'm ugandan yes i speak the local dialect i'm bilingual um with a little bit of french because both my parents were quite fluent 
Um, but when I talk to local people that live within there and don't have enough education, you see why it's so important. Mm-hmm. Because without it, you're easily exploited. And yeah, no, that's about it. No, like really, just you know. This is the reason I wanted to do this kind of stuff is just to get a chance to hear a different perspective and hear other people's stories and True. This is just one of those times. You know, I've known you forever, it feels like. Yeah, Even it though does. it's only a year. It really you know, does. I mean, the hours of conversation we've had it together. It felt like yesterday or like a, <laughs> a week ago that we met and we were talking about random shit. Yeah. And I was like, Who's this pasty white dude that's actually <laughs> cracking me up? That has more hair than me. Dude, I'm like a monkey, man. I got <laughs> issues. I got to really, like, tone like, it I down. I wish I had that beard. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so faceless. I look like a 10-year-old boy. Dude, be young while you can. Because, listen, I had a long beard at Superior, right? <laughs> and one day I was eating pasta. And I mean, long beard. <laughs> I mean, like, I looked like a member of... Like Osama bin Laden, I basically. Looked, I, looked, I looked like, <laughs> like, like my Jewish heritage. Yeah, I looked like I belonged back in Israel or something. <laughs> I had a long beard, <laughs> and uh, what I was doing is I was eating pasta, you know, yeah. spaghetti and everything, and all of a sudden I tasted ketchup. Yeah. And you're like, huh, what's going on? That's that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be that way. So it was I mean, like, I, that was, un- I mean, that was the like, end of it. But I tried to keep it at, like, stubble length. Yeah. But I do a, dry, I do a wet shave, and I'll yeah. shave it all the way down to the skin. Yeah. You know, five o'clock shadow. I'm 21. Mm-hmm. Like it's immediate. Yeah. And then on my arm, I had I had my friend <laughs> Kay when yeah. I was in middle school or high school. Yeah. I just, in that age, she goes, "You have hair on your arms." And I'm oh like, "Oh my god!" Like I, that was a, yeah. such a fascinating thing. <laughs> I was like so self conscious about it too. I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, but don't worry, you're not as bad. It's not. There's as, some pretty bad like no okay seri- not I situations with bad. guys. I wouldn't say bad. I wouldn't say bad. I would say. You don't have as much as one of my friend's dads. My friend called Joseph T. Remember, I'm having um, senior moments here, so. Um, he's, he's Indian, and I met him when I had moved to Ethiopia, and I was in Greek school. So his uh, dad is, he was actually my math teacher. I think had Indians are up there. thick Indian accent, and yeah. they had a lot of hair. Even Joseph himself has a lot of hair. Yeah. Like, he has a full-ass beard, which I am so jealous of. We got to figure out, like, Indians, like... Indian men especially are yeah. up there on the scale of best facial hair. Like exactly. consistently oh good facial hair. Such good hair. Not, yeah. not even just that. Even like the head of head hair. Head of hair have, too. Yeah. It's just so silky. Even the women, I'm like, whoo-wee. Because <laughs> um, I also, because like for, for most of my life, um, rather for most of my education, like yeah. for, from like grade one till my freshman year of high school, freshman yeah, freshman and sophomore year of high high school. Well, well, I'd say like eighth, ninth grade here. Okay. Um, I was in a predominant well, a school founded by somebody called the Aga Khan. Aga Khan. You may 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 have or may have not known him, but he's probably one of the richest monarchs in the world. Um, and he likes to do a lot of philanthropy, and he has a whole host of schools all over East Africa. So he has different branches, and I, I went to one of those Aga Khan schools, and there were a lot of Indians there. So I was exposed to that, and I was just so fascinated with their food and like, yeah. just the way they looked. Because they were different from us, but they were also not 
white, right? Yeah. And I just loved the way they looked and yeah. like just how jolly they were as well. They're great. Whenever the you meet the that, families, the too, only times that it pissed me off is when they were stingy with their money and you're trying <laughs> to borrow something. Like you try to borrow like a hundred shillings, which is um the money that currency that we have in Uganda, and that's not much. That's like about a quarter here, a yeah. quarter or like yeah, or something like that. It's a coin basically, and you're trying to borrow it to just go buy a lollipop and say I'll pay you back tomorrow. Dude would come tomorrow at the exact time that you told him. I'd be like, bro, like, we're in Africa. We run on African time. When I say yeah. this, I mean two hours later or maybe two days. I'll pay you back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm broke. I'm like a student. Like, all I get is stuff from my dad. And my dad was stingy, too, because he was an accountant. Oh, oh my God. yeah. I'll do it. Okay, so he, he wasn't an accountant. He still is. <laughs> he still is. Um, and living with him, you had to manage your money at which I still do a terrible job of. Oh, my God. I've been awful um, this year. But asking him for money was such a dicey thing because, like, everything oh, is yeah. planned and budgeted. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the only time that he actually ever spanked me was for losing money. You're kidding. I tell you. <laughs> I am not even kidding. Like, I got Fs in math, which is also a bad thing if you're an accountant. Don't, don't son, do it. Because, like, you're supposed to be doing math very well. Um, but I lost money and dude whooped my ass. Like <laughs> I will never forget it. And I have never lost money after that. I have spent it unwisely, but I have never lost money <laughs> <laughs> ever in my life. It is uh, that nuts. Oh my gosh, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, good times though. I, was yeah. like, I take it as a good lesson. Well, cause yeah. like, cause like I, I believe in, um, not just here in Amer- in Northern America, but also in the UK and a lot of European schools. Um, they take spanking or corporal punishment as such a bad thing. They say, ooh, don't beat your kids or stuff like that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. without, like, there are times where you actually have to discipline your kids, right? Because they learn from it. They learn not to do certain things. Like, it's, it's sort of like social training. So yeah. They're like, they're not acting fools when when they're older right no and you're i think it's I mean, my age group that's kind of the last of that exactly. like i remember i got disciplined as a kid yeah but in my lifetime that ended like yeah. i remember i believe it stopped at now. a certain time around middle school there was just it, it stopped yeah and i it, you know we could go back and look at the culture and what was yeah. going on in the culture the big stories that changed people's uh-huh. minds and stuff like that but, yeah, I remember as a little kid that yeah. being the way it was, but not as I got older. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like, it's bad to continuously torture your kid don't, for yeah, random Don't shit, go out beating right? your kid. But, like, when you're trying to teach them a lesson that they should be learning, obviously it's okay. And also to the levels that you're doing. Like, if well, you're yeah. taking a slip or a flip-flop and you beat them, like, five times, like, you smack them five times on the ass, they're going to learn. Yeah. Right, not to do it again, or like you're basically setting boundaries. That's how you set boundaries. Well, and it's a big thing. I think it's a lot to do with. Just, if you're a parent. You have to be willing to set the line, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times it's easy to that play with true. the line. I think it's easy to jump around and say like, you know, in this situation with yeah. this circumstance, 
and as an American, we do this all the time. Of yeah. well, what's the circumstance? What's this? What's that? Yeah. And when you become a parent, you have to draw a line in the sand. And unfortunately, exactly. you do have to when they're younger. Yeah. Set a pace. And I'm not advocating hitting your kid, but I am saying you got to be willing to change tempos with them. You got to exactly. be able to say, okay, listen, we're yeah. gonna have a serious talk right now, and you're not gonna be happy with the things. Yeah, I have you to have say. to be adaptable to switch between. Oh, I'm gonna be your friend, and we're gonna have a good time. To okay, this is some dumb shit that you did, and we're not gonna have it in this house. Yeah. Because first and foremost, this is my house, and you're disrespecting me, and we're not gonna do that. If you want to do it when you're older, it's fine because you're an adult then. But yeah. at the moment, you're still a child. You're still learning, and I didn't get that obviously as a kid. But like when my ass was whooped, like you're seeing the direct consequences of your actions. Yeah. And. You take that on as you grow up and you really do think about what you're going to do or how your parents are going to act. I still freak out when, when I fuck up sometimes and like I tell my mom about like how I fucked up. But then because we're older and because we're much more mature and we listen more, right? Mm-hmm. As you develop. Yeah. We are able to have a nuanced conversation about like fucking up and... Well, it's a little more screw, but basically screwing up and, yeah. you know, learning from your mistakes or like trying to solve a problem. But you can't do that with a three year old kid who wants candy now. No. I want this now. No. Why did you do this? I'm like some stupid shit, like three year olds do stupid shit. I'm like, that is the age where they are the most spoiled and they're the most explorative. And yeah. they're just taking a lot in. I really wish I could. You know, obviously, neither of us are parents, but yeah. I, I do wonder what it's going to be like. I was talking to my mom about this the other day of what it would be like yeah. to raise kids if I'm lucky enough to have kids. Mm-hmm. But what it'd be like to raise kids going forward because we talk about them being so young yeah. and now with screens and technology and you're so access yeah, to culture. How, how are we going to do that? Because I mean, do you take away the technology? Because there's this great book called The Velt yeah. where two parents buy this room called it's basically a VR room where the room turns into the area theme be have it. It's an African veldt, and yeah. these kids go into this room every day after school yeah. and they sit in the veldt until the next morning. And so basically they're being babysitted by these screens. Right. Mm-hmm. And this book is a tragic book. It sounds crazy, but it's a fantastic book, but the kids actually end up tricking the parents to go into the veldt and the room kills them. Holy it's a fantastic shit. book. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's a short book. Yeah. Great. I, I recommend I'm the I'm going to have to read this. You would love Although it. Although I'm terrible at reading. God damn, I get so it's, distracted. It's not crazy long. Like, yeah. you can read it in a day. Okay. You know, okay, it's then. it's Perfect. pretty quick. If you have it, I'll get it from you later. Yeah, yeah, I can give it to you. But um, I, I wonder about that because we're talking about discipline and we're talking yeah. about, you know, how do you keep kids in line? Well, they try, the reason they got killed is because they tried to take the velt away from them. And they tried to take away that attachment. And I wonder, as a parent, do you, you know, with this technology how issue... How do you balance on, it? How do you balance discipline and living with attachment, too? Yeah. Do you take that away? Do You, do, you know, I'm trying not to, to kind of... mention also I'm trying our to explain the best I can. Yeah. But, but not to mention our own um, dependency on technology now. Yeah. Because... For us who lived in the generation of dial-up internet floppy disks. Oh, my God. And (laughs) VHCRs and, like, DVRs and shit like that. And, you know, we're the first ones. Like, we saw 
the internet developed from what it is today as much as we're younger now like i remember playing with microsoft xp and the games there the solitaire yeah. and like all that random Dude, shit i remember when wi-fi was invented yeah i remember that do you know how crazy that is i remember when personal cell phones were not a thing <laughs> we sound like 80 year old men right now dude I, <laughs> no like when we i remember my first phone was a nokia oh, i talked yeah. about this with jack the other night yeah. it was a nokia it was you had to press like yeah. the buttons certain amount of times yeah, you to had the text. keypad right yeah i didn't have like a, a fold out like a slide yeah it was the press the button three times to get yeah. c you know yeah. like when you text exactly and it's about you know four or five inches long i remember that too i had that that was my my first camera was phone. awful <laughs> my first my first proper phone um before that was actually a hand-me-down from my dad it was one of the n-series nokias because you remember they Ooh. had that n-series run yeah and they had really good phones and actually they cool i believe looking, they were the first too. ones to have a selfie camera on their phones i think they were with yeah. the n15 right you know, I'm, I don't remember the models I, that well. I believe that they were the first ones with self They were up there. On. They definitely were. They were definitely up there. And they had durable Apple phone, took over, phones though. as well. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they, they only took over when they figured out the touchscreen stuff. And they got the Gorilla Glass. When they figured out iPad, or they figured out the iPods. And they yeah. tested a lot of the stuff they put into the iPhone. Right. It was the Gorilla Glass. They figured out how to use... Um, you know, just one button on the phone was yeah. all you needed, which was insane. And, and now they don't have creation, one. Now you don't have a Creation of um, of of the t- of the apps, basically yeah. apps and applications. No, but I look but at this, yeah. and you like you and I can both say like yeah. we grew up. I remember when we didn't have Wi-Fi. I remember you walked into a I building. I don't remember having Wi-Fi. I remember yeah. just like when I was younger. All I wanted, well, all I wanted to do at that age was just go and watch cartoons at five p.m. Exactly. like after school. Exactly. Um, and it was all scheduled, and you didn't care what was on, and you didn't know the titles that much. You just knew, oh, this is dope. Yeah. I just remember one show, and I still to this day remember the time. Yeah. Ben 10 was on at 10.30, Saturday right. morning's Cartoon Network. Oh, man. Like, I remember, I remember my favorite shows. And I re- now that I was crazy. Um, the thing I think is, it was 10.30, 9.30 in that yeah. window, depending on the where you were yeah for us the thing is like when i was in uganda the setting was different um you had the normal stuff that was provided by the government um the normal channels there right okay yeah that was basically like um not cable um what do you call it where you basically use the antennas on the old ass tvs with the big ass humps at the back just antenna Yeah. yeah the antennas and you just get the frequencies from that so you'd only get the government channels and they would obviously like play cartoons and stuff like that on that but then you gradually got the satellite tv and dishes and stuff like that when ben 10 came came out oh Oh my god we still have them we still use them you're kidding um we still use dishes but like the techno the software is still updated are they used more like internet dishes where it's more like uh i don't know it's more like a router versus uh, just a full out like i remember direct um, for tv for their was newer a TV generation system. decoders that oh. you just hook up they do okay. that like a qam um, but you still have both the dish satellite thing oh, interesting yeah um fun fact though i i know this one about africa yeah. and satellite dishes fun fact in indiana jones last crusade there's yeah. this scene where they come out into cairo uh-huh. and indy is at sala's house on the roof and they yeah, look yeah, out yeah. over the top of that. cairo 
it took them almost half a month or something like a crazy amount of days to remove all the antennas from the top of the yeah, rooftops. Yeah, that was crazy. And the people were pissed that they couldn't watch TV. No way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they they uh, went up there and they cleared out the roofs. Yeah. So they could have this clear, pristine shot of what it would have looked like in the 30s. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Another I must have fa- pissed off a, a lot of people. Oh, um, well, I have sure. a friend who is actually Egyptian as well. I feel like, um, to be honest, if I tell you this, um, Ethiopia, specifically Addis Ababa, because of the location of the African Union and the UNECA, which is the Economic Commission for Africa, those headquarters are there. Okay. That's where they are. Um, Ethiopia has the highest number, highest population of diplomats, I believe, diplomat, diplomatic foreigners and their families besides new york really with the, with the new york headquarters they're like second in the yeah the un right on the yeah uh thereabouts i'll have to fact check that too yeah um, this is this is the bare bone podcast where yeah. i usually do have my brother here who's yeah. awesome at fact checking yeah but unfortunately at school it's kind of I mean, bare bone i mean we could do it on google right now but, yeah, I, but why I'm, stop I'm a the conversation. bit tipsy so i don't want to do that <laughs> you <laughs> got a little social lubricant in you but uh well it's a white merlot it's been yeah. a long ass week honestly it's been insane yeah i had three tests in the past two days too i well, had I a presentation yeah. yeah no not in detail yeah just had three in the last two days let oh me walk my God. You, let me ask a question and then i'll walk you through to keep myself yeah. in order here yeah definitely why was it ethiopia that was chosen why not south africa with the capitals or why not go to cape town why not go Ghana, why Nigeria. not Ghana, Nigeria, Central Africa? Well, second, I I would have said Central African Republic, but there there's there's a lot of political unrest there. Yeah, and I don't know the details, but there still is today. I just always um, remember center of Africa was yeah. always un an or area of unrest. DRC, but DRC didn't yeah, develop DRC, no. most into the central part of it. Like the capital Kinshasa is like on the west side. Yeah, it's like basically where. Los Angeles is like you could like kind of say it's like that. Okay. Um, well, just look at the geography of it. We have so Google. they they purposely put that just yeah. for the eastern yeah African Union. Um, yeah, I'm thinking no, like not all of that. Africa. Um, I would say the main reason was um, the symbolism of Ethiopia not really being colonized, being the oh. only country not to be colonized. And then the first meeting, the first gathering of all the founding fathers, well, you could call them the founding fathers of Africa. They were the ones that led the rebellion against colonialism in various parts of Africa from Julius Nyerere to our own first first president of Uganda, uh, Dr. Apollo Milton Obote, who's actually from the same tribe as me. Really? And he is buried about 15 to 20 minutes from where my grandma lives and where basically my mom lived for most of her life wow. uh, well for most of her early life um uh julius Nyerere, kenneth uh kawunda i believe um i'm not sure his first name um obviously robert mugabe and a few others nelson mandela who's the most famous one um, so they all met there, and that's how that's where the African Union Commission was formed. 
Okay. And I actually went into the buildings where they actually held their first conferences. I had my MUN uh, conference there. And that's where I went and got honorable mention awards. I was always pissed because I never u- I never quite could get that best delegate award. That pissed oh. me off constantly. Just uh, to be there though, that's gotta yeah, be incredible. Yeah, but that it's 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 quite interesting. Yeah, it's now right where the UNECA is. That's okay. where their headquarters is. But that was where the first gathering. I'm gonna have African. to look this all like and actually see what these places look like. Yeah. Um, you can check it out. Um, if I have any pictures, I could find them. Yeah, send them, them but I'm not sure. Uh, I have the so yeah. That's I have the, the new reason. Instagram page. Did you see that? Because yeah. I'm, I planned on using it because people are always coming on like, yeah. oh, I should have brought this picture. I should have brought the picture. Yeah. I'm like, I should just put them up there and yeah. just leave it be, exactly. and then people can check them out as they want. True. Yeah, that would that would work out. Yeah, you can do it that way. Yeah, especially since you only have one picture so far and, and it's, it's a terrible picture it, of me it's it? a goofy picture i it love is. it actually i really love it Thanks when i saw Jack it, for that the first thing i saw uh, that came to my head is ah uh, this this is textbook ben it yeah kind of it is. is and it's just funny it, it just cracked me up jack took that picture and i was like you gotta send that to me because that just made me laugh because mm-hmm. i'm holding up my cup and then all the comments on it were just like oh no here uh, we go here we go uh, I made some pretty harsh I jokes. I believe it was Dan who's like, why are you using our cops? Yeah, and then Jack's like... He's being salty about <laughs> he it. He goes, in this in this communist government comrade, we all share. <laughs> I'm like, communication, communism, potato, potato. Potato, <laughs> <laughs> potato. <laughs> oh, God. The only thing I don't want is the gulag archipelago. Oh, no. I am surprisingly I fascinated gone with those. Sh- I haven't even gone too deep into that, but I know a lot of fucked up shit went into that. We'll have to... I really want to do a show where I get to talk about yeah. Russian gulags yeah. and modern-day North Korea work camps. Because uh, I'm really interested, because there is... If you go on Google Earth, uh-huh. or if you just go on Google Images and you look up pictures of North Korea at night, right. the whole place is dark except for a bunch of the work camps. No, And it's freaky. No, no this is the funny thing. We just had it in my most recent intro to international relations class with Colin Hannigan. Mm-hmm. And he t- he basically showed us a picture of North and South Korea at night. And the contrast between yeah. them is so mind-boggling. It is. Most of the electricity that's there is in the central part where the capital of North Korea is. I, I don't know what the name is. I always want to call it Pyeongchang, but that's because Pyongyang. I look... Is it, is it Pyongyang? Pyongyang? Yeah. Because Probably. I keep thinking of the Olympics. Yeah. But I can... Um, Yeah, we can Google it. But, I'm uh, doing it real fast here. Yeah, um, do, it, do, it, do, it, do it. Pyongyang, you are correct. Oh, Pyongyang? Yep. Its reported population right now is 25.49 million. Yeah, but like it was just basically that tiny dot of light and a yeah. few other places that you could say are maybe military or like <laughs> we were making fun of it like in class uh, Colin uh Professor Colin. Yeah. I can I can't call him Hannah then or Colin cuz we're not just <laughs> friends like that. Uh, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> but anyways, basically what he, what everybody else was joking around in the class was that 
Uh, that's probably Kim Jong Un's like mm-hmm. vacation house right there. That's his beach house there because his you were, pool's lit up. Look at that. Yeah, because <laughs> you see like a random point of light on the coast. Yeah, and then you see the central part where the capital city is, and then you'd see other random yeah specks of light here and there. Then and you you're like, I've oh, those are like his vacation homes. <laughs> that's like his mountain house where he has all his orgies yeah. from and shit like that. <laughs> Oh my god! All I I got that logic because of the um. You remember the movie, the interview? We were talking uh, about this at lunch the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That movie cracked me up so much. That movie gave me like nightmares. Oh my god! Because it's (laughs) you know, it when you're talking about U.S. diplomats, the last person we want to send is Seth Rogen. Exactly. (laughs) Not Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and James Franco. Like those two together. Yeah. Those two together. But I know it was just basically satirical and really, really just to make fun of it. Isn't that crazy but that the shit that led up to the movie being yeah. released happened with yeah. the hi- hacking at Sony? Yeah. And the threats from North yeah, Korea? Yeah, that was nuts. It's like, I was so I happy I didn't happened. have a PS uh, PlayStation account that oh, back really? then. Otherwise, they would have had my information. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. Like, we don't actually crazy. talk about that that much. That yeah. <laughs> North Korea protested a movie yeah i mean it is a movie about their leader yeah but still they actively heard we were making a movie and well protested they it. technically didn't protest it it was the president who didn't like it and so as probably not to get killed or maimed or tortured they had to protest they were yeah. coerced into it maybe i w- i don't know maybe they actually believe he's a good leader yeah well we were talking uh, the other day. Maybe it was with you. I'm I'm having so many conversations over these past couple of days. I lose yeah. track. I really need to start writing the conversations down now. You should just walk but around with a journal. I pretty much do now. Yeah. I pretty much I have a couple notebooks and I write down stuff as I go. But yeah. most of it's been used for like kind of bits. Yeah, and I stuff. have I have like two journals in my backpack that I always carry. Yeah. But I, I'm just not as consistent in writing random yeah. shit. I, and the thing what I do is I like to be over-organized where I put things in certain spots and I almost get too lazy to go yeah. and be like, oh, it's on the other side of the room because yeah. I wanted it oh, separate from this area. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. But um, that's my train of thought there for a moment. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going <laughs> to say. I'm sorry. No, it was, it was about the North Korean stuff. With, uh, Kim Jong- your conversation oh, with people. I was having a conversation with a couple of the guys Again, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the names. Yeah. But I was talking about a documentary that was made about a guy who went to North Korea. He does yeah. it every couple of years mm-hmm. to fix cataract and does yeah. cataract eye surgery. Uh-huh. And a majority of the people there, because they don't have practical medicine, yeah. have issues with eyesight. And most yeah. of them are blind. So when yeah. he fixes one woman in particular, I remember, mm-hmm. it's like her eyes are just glassed over. She cannot see. Yeah. He fixes it. First thing she does when she gets up from the table, she walks over and starts kneeling and praying to the great leader. And that type of stuff freaks me out a bit. And I understand. If you live in that situation all your life, that's what you know. That's just the human element. You only can know as much you know. But that still freaks you out that one human being can have control over 25 million people. That's... No, what what scares me more is that... um, Goddamn, I'm almost losing my train of thought. 
I know. It's getting to that point. People got to understand that this is the late podcast. Yeah. I usually do two a days. Yeah. And this is the later one. So forgive us for being just a bit sluggish. Yeah. It's 10 p.m. and it's the weekend. So yeah. I'm actually quite happy it's the weekend. and I'm I know. Um, but what I was saying is that basically, like, to have that much influence and power over somebody is just mind-boggling to me. But, like, it's doable. And it's scary. Because, like, for somebody like me, I could do that as well. If somebody's ambitious enough, like, they could do it. I'm imagining you with that cut, like his haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No, please. I would. would, I've worked so hard on on this. It wouldn't work on me. I don't Um, know. But I'm, like, really thinking about it. it. If somebody was smart enough and had the scruples... And just didn't have the moral high ground. Well, not I wouldn't say moral high ground. I feel ground. like you're having an easy time imagining that because you're from Africa. Because yes. you've seen dictatorships. And rise and fall where, in history. Have I seen? Yeah. Was like, you, you know of them. Yes. You know how they uh, came to be. He's going to be so pissed if he actually finds out about this. And I called him a dictator. And <laughs> I'm actually planning on running against him. Well, that's if he lives long enough for me to run against yeah. him. Because he's like in his 70s. He's probably going to die soon. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm just talking about it as a fact because of age. Not because I actually hate him. Um, although I do hate him to a certain extent. Well, not hate him. I just dislike the inefficiencies in the government yeah. with the amount of opportunities we have to develop that country. Can I run a, a, a different question by you? I know this is kind of a change of pace. Yeah. But I've always been fascinated with foreign aid and yeah. how we use foreign aid, especially in Africa from the United States. One of the things, and this is going to be kind of a long-winded version of telling this, so I'll try yeah. to speed it up the best I can. But yeah. we'll take, for example, clothing. Yeah. Right? You donate clothing at church. Uh-huh. That clothing goes to Africa. Yeah. It goes to some small village without uh-huh. a real income. Yeah. And you give those clothes away. Uh-huh. Is that good or bad for Africa? Because what I see, and I'll, I'll, I'll help you kind of get a jump on where I'm coming from here, mm-hmm. is I've always thought if you just give clothes to people, right. it doesn't create incentive to create a business and to uh-huh. create a market within a town. Right. So if you give, and it doesn't even matter if it's one town. It can be the towns around it. If you give clothes and shirts to, say, one town, mm-hmm. and the neighbor doesn't just a couple miles it. away doesn't have it, but there's a tailor that lives there. Mm-hmm. That tailor's going to go out of business pretty fast because the trade in between the two towns disappears. And all of a sudden, there's this influx of more product that he didn't make that's free. Mm-hmm. So why would you have to buy a shirt if you can walk over to the other town and get yourself a shirt? Yeah. Is that a good thing or bad thing with foreign aid? Because what I'm describing is one situation. I can see how it can be great. Mm-hmm. I can see how it can be terrible. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on it? Because you kind of come from an area that's a little more... You come from the better educated spot of Africa, a little more stable, even though you say I came it's from the lucky. I was um, pretty fortunate that I was born into the family I was born into. Yeah. Because I came from a family of academics. Um, my dad may be the breadwinner as the accountant, but then all his other siblings were about, he has eight or nine siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, I think, no, there are about 10 in total. In his family. You like and his, Dan should hook up. So he has nine <laughs> he has nine siblings. Yeah. Um two are his step siblings, like from his dad's previous marriage. He okay. had two kids first and then he had 
eight other kids from my grandma who unfortunately passed away back in 2011 oh sorry um, um about february there but it's fine um <laughs> it happens yeah yeah um it's it's a fact of life i've gone through it myself you've seen it as well yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you've seen it with me like oh, in yeah. my situation yep i have um but i would say that i was because of where what i was born into from my my mom's side of the family um her dad who unfortunately passed away when she was about two years old um was quite a prominent financial advisor he worked for the local government in in the area where my mom was born in the north and that gave him a lot of privileges he was probably one of the first people to drive a car in that country um in the country rather at that time and unfortunately for him like he died in a car accident but what he left for my mom was and her siblings and my my grandma was a house built from the ground up no loans on it no mortgages nothing yeah the house was purely theirs they had the land title to it they had everything wow um and it's not just the house, but the plot of land that was there was fertile enough for them to, even after my my grandpa died, unfortunately, I never met him and my mom was two when when he died. Um, I'm repeating myself. Oh, that's fine. But after that, uh, they fought a lot. They fought to survive in general. They went through the, <laughs> they went through Idi Amin. My mom lived through idiom, and I'm surprised that she survived. <laughs> give me, give some people a background on idiom. Okay, basically, just because context, I kind of know what Idi you're talking Amin about. is but. one of the worst dictators in the world, and he did various um, civil rights atrocit- atrocities. Beautifully God. said. <laughs> <laughs> This is the problem with being bilingual you, and having a different accent. You it's shouldn't so say that. Hard. You shouldn't say that at all. That you're, the fact that you're bilingual puts me to shame because <laughs> I have a hard time saying antibiotic when I want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I digress. But um, they fought a lot. Yeah. And because my mom had a talent to learn and she was very good at her studies. So she was... Um, luckily, uh, her school fees was paid for, her tuition was paid for from the time she was about two or three, no, from the time she was in her grade three or grade two. Okay. Till about her undergrad. It was all paid for by a German couple from West Germany. And that's how she got her education because she was smart Why would they be in contact with her? West German couple? Like, where does Um, the dot... And where did it was the, basically the line because the they dots? were providing scholarships for smart individuals oh, in in households that didn't have enough money to provide a good education okay. for them. Okay, sorry. To and because um, my grandma was also financing for my mom's older brother, my uncle, and my aunt, who had all gone to school, but they were still like in uni at that time. Uh, um, my family history is a bit iffy on my mom's side, but I can get it. Um, but anyways, that's how my mom paid for her school fees. But because resources were limited, even though they were farming, they actually made local liquor for the neighborhood and they sold that. And that's how my uncle and my aunt paid for their school fees to go to school. 
they would make alcohol. I mean, it's they a genius way. People gin. love it. And I didn't know this. Like, they were natural-born hustlers. <laughs> that is what I call them. And they were a gang. Let me not tell... Let me, let me not even lie. My mom is a gangster. My mom is a gangster with a degree. My mom is a gangster with a, a bachelor's and a master's degree and is getting a PhD. What's that saying? You got a PhD, a pimp and hose degree? I swear. <laughs> this is so funny. My mom... I know, I know basically where I get my ferocity from. It's yeah. my mom. Because my mom is this rough person. She fought tooth and nail for about almost everything that she has gotten till this day is because she was a gangster and they I were a gang that. of siblings that. that would beat up anybody wow they fought like they did so much dumb shit like i i would say that i was a fairly a goody two-shoes compared to my mom my mom would sneak out like when my grandma was asleep to go and dance in like one of the local clubs within the area. Wow. Like with um, her older siblings and stuff like that. I don't know how she fucking did it, but it's props to her that I am where I am today and my dad as well. Um, but going back to the topic, we digress. <laughs> no, I think that's um, important to mention because... But yeah, it is yeah. important to mention the context. Because you haven't really lived in it. Yeah. So this is this is what I thought I'd yeah, get. But, it's kind of a side perspective But because on I'm more ed- more educated than probably my parents right now, <laughs> like I feel like yeah. I can go way further than they are. Well, they're pushing um, you here. They yeah. are. They're, I know because you've talked to me about it. Yeah. Um, but when I look at it, and I look at foreign aid, I look at it like you could compare it to weed or any hard-ass drug like cocaine or heroin. Mm -hmm. You get it and you spend it on dumb shit. You get the high. The high is the dumb shit you spend it on. Rather, the officials, instead of using it for what it is, for what it should be used, they use it on other stuff. So... That foreign aid initially should have been there and should have been used in a much fairer way to to, de- to develop the foundation to build a much richer society. Okay. But you could say our form of segregation, which is tribalism, and where you're from and what language you speak is what affects the resources that you get and how far you get along in terms of jobs and stuff like that. It's a form of, um, it's not racism, but it's segre- discrimination, basically. I was going to ask, like, a it's follow-up. It's a form up. of discrimination. Yeah. Like, I can say, like, because I've seen both sides of it, both racism and discrimination, um, and things like xenophobia, you can boil it down to that, that um, Uganda and many African countries are the way they are today. It's like, financial aid is good, but it doesn't benefit... Um, the people giving them the foreign aid because they give it with conditions. Mm. You could even you don't even have to go that far to to give an example. Let's say Jamaica. Okay. There was a documentary that I saw in my previous FYS class, um, which unfortunately I had to drop. It was a good it was a good topic and a good course, but yeah. I just couldn't manage it. For my own personal Well, you were reasons. so busy last year. People got to understand that you had a lot of stuff. I had a lot going on, especially just adjusting to who, what yeah. it was. Uh-huh. But anyways, um, 
there's this interesting Voice documentary crack. that boiled me over so much. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Okay. I believe that's what it's called. Is it international? Yes. Um, the IMF had given loans to Jamaica to basically help them develop their country con- economically. But what really, what it was really was relief for them, like a painkiller, like morphine. It was relief that was given with conditions that they free up their borders in such a way that the trade between them was very unfair and that international investors like the U.S. would bring and import their goods at a cheaper price than what um, the domestic producers were selling their products at. And you would end up not helping the economy, but rather hurting it. Okay. So I would see it as that it's both a good and bad thing. If it's used in the right way to develop your economy without conditions, it's a good thing. Okay. But if you have those conditions that are more opportunistic to keep you in a state of dependency and poverty and not allowing you to progress, then it's a bad thing. It's not even a bad thing. It's a sneakishly um, a piece of shit thing to do, Yeah, I would say. It's one of those things that's always caught me because people are like, oh, aren't you going to... Yeah. donate this to africa or are you gonna donate yeah. i'm like i would love to i'd love yeah. to build a well i think building a well is a really important thing giving but access to we water we don't need wells i would say we need education more than wells we need books you need books we need books and you don't need the t-shirts educate. you don't need you need businesses to open up you need exactly. foundation you there's, need money to start there's businesses more than a well building wells and helping left less privileged kids yeah. like i've seen that because of the effect of one of probably the most wanted men in the world was Joseph Kony. I believe you may have heard him in the news at some time. I've in the heard 2000s. that name, but I don't know why I know that name. I know the last name Kony, though. He was, um, how can I explain it? He was sort of a m- warmonger. Oh, then, yep. I kind of, um, I think I've heard of stories. He went of him. around northern Uganda pillaging different villages. Yep. and attacking the government as a whole. He was going against the government, but also um, kidnapping women and and children and having them have kids and training child soldiers. Yeah, we base a lot Um, of guerrilla warfare movies in Africa off of him. Base off of him. Yeah. Exactly. I think Blood Diamond was one where they were talking... Blood Diamond's all dialogue, so that's really yeah, not a good one to example. Yeah, but it was also example, based in Congo. Exactly. Because they have diamonds. We have oil and a few coppers and other resources like that, like yeah. precious metals. Um, but basically, where was I going with this? You were talking about how foreign aid can be a bad thing, but yeah, you were talking a about a bad thing more. and a good thing. Like, there's, there's so many more issues than just building a fucking well in a dried up area to help them have clean water. Mm-hmm. There is so much. There's climate change that is affecting the way that farmers are being able to produce goods and services mm-hmm. so they can sustain their families, take their children to school, um, provide for the day-to-day needs, clothes, and stuff like that. Um, and it's quite saddening to me. I, I spoke about this today um, partially um, during the climate change action. What, what was it? The climate strike the, the climate, climate strike. strike hopefully i'm gonna have an episode based on that because i'd yeah. like to talk to them more about that because they did a strike they didn't yeah. do 
it wasn't quite a protest. It was a strike. It was a strike, and it wasn't just happening here. No, it was happening around the world. I saw my friends who were in Kenya. Oh, it was and they around were the doing world. marches. So I it, thought it was, it was a U.S. or Minnesota thing. No, it was it was a worldwide thing because wow. this is this has become a serious issue. Yeah, where it's affecting not just it's not just it's affecting the common man to such a degree that it can't be ignored by. The one yeah. percent. The big one they were trying to sell to me yesterday was that because I've been trying to get convince a couple to come on. It's yeah. nervous racking to come on a podcast and talk True. about this stuff though. But in the next ten years, we're gonna start creating damage that we can't Revert. go back on. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I think it was even probably that. like five to seven years. I wouldn't be surprised, but it's one of those things that no matter it, it depends on the scientist you ask. Yeah. You know, if you talk to Bill Nye, it's already happened. Yeah. But if you talk to somebody who's in, you know, like the University of Minnesota or the University of Georgia, University of Texas, with University a little of bit more data, it's like yes. where are you getting the data from to actually have a coherent analysis of? But like, this is the thing. I, I wish, I, I well, I don't know that much about the science world. I w- yeah. really want to get more into that, even though <coughs> like I'm more of an Excuse economist me. and. A political yeah, science guy. You only guy. know what you like, know. You should, That's fine. You should know. I should try and delve more into this more. But I wonder, like, how do they cooperate with other scientists around the world to gather the data that is necessary to bring the coherent evidence you and to I lawmakers and policymakers to actually make them decide on what the right plan of action is? Because I, I am so close to d- deciding to drop out of school and probably making a militia of my own and actually taking <laughs> over my country or like most of the known world if, if you i do could. that can i get a sash i am so <laughs> impatient like i really want to understand like everything and why they're not making the decisions much faster yeah. than they should be you and i are both in that case I, yeah. I i do not understand why communication is not traded faster i would like to find out why yeah but i really don't think there's an answer out there and not i think only people that, just like, kind of put it off let's let's take it back to the financial aid stuff okay yep yeah we're all like, this, we're kind of floating around like this line so yeah, yeah like let's float around it but it all connects together. yeah it does um let's talk about the money that's spent on financial aid that's okay. given to like these low-income countries if you gave them expectations like if you set conditions that not only um, satisfied your interests as the power that's giving them the money, right? Okay. But also to develop them. But obviously that doesn't work for you because you can't exploit them. <laughs> but, um, but if countries that were providing financial aid were providing it from a well-meaning place that actually wanted to see these countries grow and become better than they actually are, and give them the expectations to be competent leaders. Competency is such an important thing. And um, the professor, 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 uh, freaking. Don't worry, take the your Canadian, moment. the Canadian. What's his name? Uh, Jordan Peterson. Yes. Oh yeah, from he the talks University about of com- Toronto. Competent, competency. God damn. We've mentioned him, I think, in almost every podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I actually, yeah, because we talked about him on the last podcast about carnivore diet. Yeah. Um, but when he talks about competency and how that is so true in everything that we do, yeah. even us, us as ourselves as, um, as individuals, being competent is such an important thing and having the desire to learn. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and implementing the actions that we need to do to actually change the situation that we are instead of procrastinating on it i deal with procrastination everybody does but if we held every each other accountable to what we're doing to our environment we have so much more opportunity to build and create something completely entirely new mm. instead of relying what we have already known before because it's a proven way of doing things or a proven energy source at some point somebody didn't believe that oil was going to be as useful as it is in what we do in our day-to-day life from not just oil to fuel our cars to lubrications but to things like vaseline and things we use in our day-to-day um living but to test ourselves to decide okay we need to do things differently than we have been doing them or bringing it back to a neutral balance to actually like help our environment and not just help our environment it in turn helps us and enriches us but everybody's thinking about the now and not the future mm-hmm. or they're thinking about the next billion dollars they're making right yeah but are you making it in a sustainable way yeah. this is a question it's like how are you res- using overall how are you using the resources that you have as efficiently as possible and like me as an econ major like these are the shit that, that yeah. comes to my head like i'm talking about this like, is what how efficient are you using this <laughs> why is your economy like this because you're fucking incompetent and you're not using the resources that you're supposed to be using well, to especially the best of as your a abilities. man coming from africa where you guys have a tough time we sustaining have, oh, yeah. A huge amount of resources. Yeah, you guys have huge own, amounts. Uganda, as a country on its own, just discovered oil. Yep. And w- we we didn't discover it right now. We discovered it like about 10 t- to 15 years ago. But because of the government and how it's set up, we haven't been drilling it. Right? And the money that we use, I compare it like, let's say... um we compare Uganda to the United Arab Emirates and how they've become such a booming economy in the Middle East. Yeah. It's because they efficiently used a resource that they knew wasn't going to last long, but had a high value. Can I ask, though, just real quick? Right. <laughs> as, a ma- as an econ major, the indoor like skiing area, like they're using every penny of that oil money to make that place as attractive as possible. Exactly. Have they done it? Have they really? They have. Do you think so? People I, will visit that I, even I after say the oil's they have. gone? Personally, I say they have. I haven't been to Dubai yet. Yeah. I would love to go there, and I would love to see how they've set up their My things. friend says she lives there. Her yeah. name's Joyce. She says it's beautiful, but, you know, they they doll those shots up. Yeah. You know, it's a city. It's where people live. Yeah. So don't expect that. But she says they're really putting a lot of money towards trying to sex it up. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, you guys have just discovered oil in Uganda. Yeah. Is that, you know, are they going to try to turn it more? It, it already is kind of a destination because it's by Kenya with all the parks and everything yeah. like that. But it's not the direct place you want to go. Yeah. It's, you're not flying into Uganda. Yeah. That's not your destination. Yeah. I would say, like, as much as we say, oh, Uganda is the Pearl of Africa, which is a term coined by the British. Well, it's UK. beautiful because of Lake It's Victoria. a stunning place. I love it. It's beautiful there. I love it. I miss it so many times because I remember me and my dad as, as a four-year-old going on drives up the north because 
The distance between where my parents were born and the capital city is about 200 kilometers. About, I checked it up today actually. It's 198.5 kilometers in distance between the two. Okay. And I used to go on these drives with my dad and that's how I got into music. And I, I had, I developed my music base and for what I liked and what I didn't like. And spending time with him during those rides was where I would observe the countryside and how green it is. It still is green, but it's much less than it was before. And I'm like, as much as our population is growing, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing as well. It's just how we're using our resources. You're sustainable. You have a sustainable population of land and area not that yet, you're living. Not yet. I not w- yet. I would say I would say our population is not as sustainable as it should be. Okay. Um, just in general because of the lack of education in, in terms of family planning. The, I mean, the government has been trying to work on that, but they're not as efficient. Um, but in terms of resources that we could use to build our economy and build our infrastructure to be better than it is, we haven't done that. I look at the capital city and I find it fucking atrocious and <laughs> fucking I love getting this rant out of you. I do. (laughs) It it really pisses me off. It is one of the reasons actually being in traffic for the days that I would be in school and even when I'm there now pisses me off and I actually feel like moving the, changing the capital city to something else and redeveloping it into a sustainable way to move that population and then decongest Kampala and basically redesign Kampala on a whole in the next 60 to 70 years, even after I'm done. And after I have, like, I just want to start. I, I just want to start. I want to be sorry. a pioneer in this. I'm sorry I'm laughing at me because for the listeners who aren't looking at, obviously, I mean, look. they have not been He's there. He's swinging but his arms around. He is in it is, full livid I mode. I am <laughs> so livid right now. But I. this is what pisses me off. It, it's like, you have not thought about the way that you wanted to build a yeah. country and build it to be one of the most prominent places in the world. Well, after you talked to me it about it, be. I looked up maps of the capital yeah. city yeah. and just roads in general. I zoomed in. It's I, so fucked up. It is. It looks like it literally looks like St. Paul was built by Irishmen. The joke is these drunk Irish built it along the river. So they built the roads to follow the river, yeah. right? But they turn them all into one ways and some are doubles and blah, 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 that people don't know how to drive in it. Yeah. Your place looks like somebody took straight lines and just shook their wrist at the end. And whatever the squiggle was at the end of it, that was the road. Yeah. And And I guarantee you they were having a bottle of Ugandan gin. Oh, I'm sure. Ugandan Waraji. They must have had five bottles in them before they made that map and then they made intersections when they got to whiskey oh <laughs> my god that, or a local brew that is called marua marua yeah okay. it's a local brew it's it fun. sounds like African i used to moonshine. drink it as well when i was younger yeah low-key um i'm sorry about <laughs> calling out my dad for this <laughs> but you're like, fine we you're used fine. to go we used to go to like a family friend's place and we would drink it I mean, like, it's hot. It's it's like a warm brewery. Okay. But there's different levels of alcohol content. This one, like, they're different levels. And mine was basically, like, pretty light. But yeah. That's where I got my alcoholism from. Oh, <laughs> but, like, when I look at that and I'm, like, I'm just thinking about that. I'm, like, I'm just so pissed. I feel like they're, 
there should have been a lot more thought to this. Yeah. Or like, if you're not thinking about how you could do this, find somebody else that has the vision to create it the way okay. that you want it to be yeah. as efficient as possible. But also with all the different government regimes changes over th- since There's the independence of Uganda, it just pisses me off. Well, there doesn't seem to be a chance it for is. you guys to breathe and talk about infrastructure that way. To talk yeah. about road work, to talk about bridges, to talk about intersections, to talk about where people go when work starts. Yeah, and not just that, just the overall fucking mentality. <laughs> um, I know a lot of Minnesota. Your body language complain. is making me laugh. So just so yeah. people know, I'm not laughing at your problems. I'm <laughs> laughing at his body language because he's throwing his head left and right. I am, I'm so frustrated. But anyways, <laughs> like I think about it like the way that um, Minnesotans compare – well, out-of-state people say that Minnesotans don't know how to drive. Even Minnesotans say that Minnesotans don't know how to drive. I've, uh, Uganda yeah. is like that multiplied by 10. I've heard you guys are kind of like Boston where people just drive like mad. They drive for themselves and themselves only. They really don't care about that other people exactly on the road. That is exactly it and add a plethora of – Motorcycles, buses, trucks, and every form of <laughs> yeah. vehicle, vehicular, everything mode that you could strap an engine onto. Random sizes <laughs> to, I don't. It's it's just all there. It's a mosh pit, yeah. basically, <laughs> and it just pisses me off. Oh and anyways, God. as as I've gone off this rant, I need to actually go take a piss. So no, yeah, we dude, need, go we right need ahead. A pause. We need a absolutely. Pause. Just move it's, that mic on back it's there. Like, it's like the that episode of Joe Rogan. I don't know who it was, and they took a a, a piss break. Yeah, right towards the end. No, it was Russell Brand. Yes, I've, I've done Brand. one. I did one last episode, so I'm going to just pause it here real quick, and yeah. that's fine. I'm happy that you're able to exactly. let me know. All right. Going and out then we and need to refill our cups. Our cups and finished a while back, and we still have. You need to be refilled. I over here am laying down, reclined on this lovely couch that was provided to me. I'm gonna <laughs> add more <laughs> in his cup. Oh God! All right, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple moments. Thank you, guys. Yep. Okay. All right. You you gonna bring us in now? Ha! Uh, <laughs> this is Jonathan's back. show now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jonathan is taking over. All right, three, two, one, and we're back. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that quick break right there. Yeah. That's not the first time we've done it. We've done it a couple of times. Yeah. The first episode we did that, it was seamless. You couldn't even tell. Yeah. In editing, and I was like, you know what? It's a human part of you. Yeah. Let's let these people know that we have leaky faucets yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we'll just go we through really with it. We really need to go. But no, it's a part of it. So don't yeah. worry. You did it perfectly. Just say, you know. Yeah. What I usually did last, well, over the summer when I was testing with that is uh-huh. I would just talk to my brother yeah. when that happened or I'd have a full couch. I'd have four people. So the conversation kept going. Yeah. So it's a little awkward at first, but don't worry about it. Yeah. But um, getting back to our conversation, I guess we're kind of tying this all up with a bow. It felt like we were kind of bringing this to a close. But financial financial aid from foreign countries, UNICEF, and Mm -hmm. all those different groups that provide to Africa, Mm -hmm. it can be a good or bad thing, and you're talking about. Um, Yeah. um, Just in general, my exposure to um, different people actually work for those organizations. Yeah. I have um, an aunt slash family friend that works for the UNICEF in ethiopia as well mm-hmm. um my mom works for the au and they deal with the european union usa they deal with the american 
government as well, just directly. <laughs> my mom has three different visas, which is funny. You've told me this before. It's actually. crazy. It is um, crazy. She had like a, like the normal visa you get for a vacation. She has her government visa that she does when she comes here for official business, like when she's in Washington and stuff. And then she has an a student visa because of her, wow. her uh, PhD. So she comes by to Atlanta to do her residencies there. Really? But she does most of the stuff online. Okay. Yeah. She had started initially her PhD in, um, in the Netherlands. And then she, because they were being dickheads, she decided <laughs> to transfer her credits and finish her degree oh, okay. online. Because it was just taking a lot of time. Well, let's wrap this up yeah. here because that launches me into a whole other question I wanted yeah. to ask you. Yeah, it does. Um, but going back towards the financial aid and just my overall exposure to it, I mean, these are all well-meaning people. Well, most of them are well-meaning in terms of like providing the aid. And the heart's because in the right place. Yeah, the heart's in the right place when you're providing aid for countries that need it. But at the same time, it goes back to the question even when you're on an individual level. How can you help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves? Yeah. Right? When they don't have the right attitude, the right mentality to build a government that wants to work together to actually build their country on their own and just re- be lazy and rely on the aid. Like sometimes you, you, you just, you, it, the thought comes to my head where I'm like, do these officials really want the the country to succeed and their fellow countrymen to succeed or do they want just them and their close relatives and family yeah and their entourage to succeed and is it good enough yeah is it a good option and are you doing the things all the things you can possibly do to help the country on its own like like whatever you can do on your own do it if you need the aid get it but know what you're getting it for if you're diverting those funds to go buy fucking cars and build houses and not build the fucking roads to connect them what the <laughs> fuck is the point of building yeah. houses yeah right um but like it just comes down to do you have the goal do, is your heart in the right place okay and how much is it how much of it can you do to change right yeah and to change those around you and influence them so would it be so better it's for a mix of both? So would you rather see? Let's go back to the first example. Yeah. Let's start this. You know, you talked about it may be good for some shirts to be sent yeah. in certain situations, but would you rather see instead of monies towards money towards shirts? Yeah. Go towards school uniforms, or you'd rather see it go towards schools. You'd rather see well money go towards schools. You'd rather see infrastructure of education and people build I building up character. I would rather, let's say, like you said, um, shirts are donated to a community in a village in Africa that needs help and whatnot. Yeah. I would rather you give us money to, um, to like, kind of like angel investing, where you find people with the skills there to make the clothes. Okay. And then provide them at a cheaper price and a more convenient way because the service is, you're, it's easily accessible because the area where the clothes are being produced are right near you. Right? So don't send the shirt, send the cloth. Send send the cloth and the infrastructure rather or the knowledge okay. to teach people to actually know how to make their clothes. Okay. If they're easily accessible. It's like give the it's um the simplest way I could put it is 
Um, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Exactly. Yep. So teach them to fish. And Ugandans, you guys are pretty fucking good fishermen. Oh, yes, we are. You guys we, are crazy are. good. Because we live next to Lake Victoria, we have yeah. the, the we have two lakes. Two, yeah. Three lakes. Four, actually. <laughs> Your delivery more, is perfect More than four. There. Like, it keeps... God but, yeah, it. what I'm saying is My, you guys are fantastic if you put your minds to it. If you yeah. really want it wholeheartedly and you want cobbling, that is you true. want tailoring, like but fishing, I feel like you guys took off and you created businesses yeah. and you created infrastructure around it. I've never seen a community like the Lake Victorian towns and how much knowledge there is with the little that they have. Exactly. It's insane what they're pulling out of that water. Um, I don't even know to the extent, right, of, yeah. of their knowledge because I, I don't even know. Like, I know those guys go out at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning and then they come back at, like, 6 just to sell those fresh fish at the yeah. market. Well, and they're like, going up against hippos for fish. Have I told you the story about the guys that are getting crocodiles mauled? crocodiles as well. Yeah. It's insane. Freshwater crocodiles. And I mean, yeah. some of them live more on the Nile than they do in the lakes. But Just like, as in much. In the lakes, they, yeah. stu- they still are there. I'd be terrified to see a hippo in real life because those things kill more people than any animal. Facts. I mean... They're scary. They They're are. absolutely scary. And you look at them. I've seen one mm-hmm. in person at a zoo. Yeah. You know, they look like, you know, these big, just giant... They look like elephants. Yeah. You know, these gentle giants. And then you realize, no, no. that's not the way it is. Because I've seen, in, I've seen men who have yeah. come from places along the Nile, especially yeah. Ethiopians, yeah. who have had their rib cages and their Crushed. skin around their abs torn apart. Yeah, and it's I mean, I could touch it. Yeah, and see it in person. Yeah, and you don't get many times in your life where your whole perspective changes in just a few seconds. Exactly. I was amazed. Yeah, but. Again, I keep going off topic, and that's on me, but... No, it's fine. If you set your mind to it in Uganda, if you set your mind to it in Ethiopia, Kenya, it doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter where. Overall, in... in you in, just got to sell the work ethic. In Africa, in general. Like, the richest man in the world... Uh, the richest African in the world is a guy called Aliko Dangote. He's a Nigerian. And he's worth $16 billion. Do you know how mad that is? Is he a programmer? He, no, he's not a programmer. He um he owns cement making businesses and a really? few other conglomerates under okay. the Dangote group. Interesting. And I'm like, I, I really wanna be like him, but at the same time I said I really wanted to be president of Uganda. Just for just mainly just to actually see what's going on in the country and the state of the government and see where I can restructure the foundation to set us on the right path to being um, an African superpower, okay. right? I mean, I I would say it's kind of like an impossible ideal, but working towards it, you probably get somewhere in the clouds. It's like um, there's a guy called Dan Pena. He's... He's an entrepreneur, a very successful businessman, but he's not as well known. But he says, you shoot for the stars and you might land on the clouds. Um, 
and who goes to say that I may or may not become president of Uganda? And if you do, this podcast is going to make me a lot of gonna money. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be crazy because they're going to just be trying to nitpick all the shit that comes out of this. Oh, but yeah. Jack and I were talking last podcast that yeah. this is a student run podcast. Yeah. You know, you're going to it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to say more swear words than you're used to. It's yeah. okay to be nervous. And it's okay to not know as much as you can, yeah. but it's like well, this is, like I said at the beginning, bare bones. Yeah. I don't even have a fact checker in here. I exactly. usually have somebody running a board. Yeah. I'm doing it all right here, right yeah. now, and it gets messy, and that's okay. It because it's just about getting the product out and having yeah. fun with it and getting a chance to talk to you about this stuff. So yeah. don't be concerned in the slightest. I mean, like, I remember my dad telling me stories about the first prime minister. I keep going back to him. Yeah, um, Because he, as much as he had his own faults, he was quite an inspiring person. Because he's the one that led the re- against the rebellion to be free from um, colon- colonial rule, basically, right? Yeah. And that is something huge, especially from the background that he came from and doing the things that he did. And um, he definitely inspires me, but the things that I wish I want to do that he probably would have never done. And I hope to do that, like if I get, if I get to that point where I can, mm-hmm. and it's not just to become president of Uganda. It's to kind of um, think about it this way, where instead of all the fifty-four to fifty-five different African countries that are that are there, is to bring them as one, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least. Even if I can't bring them as one, at least the East African community, which is Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, those those five, right? If there were one state, and let's say you just say them, you could call them a cliche, the United States of East Africa. Okay. Where you have one federal government and then the states have their state governments, right? Um, the countries as themselves would stay the same, but they ha- they are under one federal government, right? And if I could start that, right, and join those resources together, we're talking about a huge opportunity to exponentially not just develop the country economically, but if we're to do it in the right way that our GDP per, per capita and overall um, general well-being of our citizens is is achieved to a certain level, you know, because you cannot you can't always do everything and make sure everybody's happy and no, yeah, it's important impossible. But if you can do the majority, like let's say at least a fifty to fifty-five percent of the. If you can do enough to call it common good. Yeah. If you can do common good and to spark the idea, to spark the mentality in millions of other people to help one another, right? Mm -hmm. And to set up the system where as much as the federal government is controlling a lot of the things, it's mainly to deal with international relations of those around the world. And then you break it down smaller by smaller by community to community. Um, in the main capitals and the other random cities, right? Yeah. And 
that kind of is my goal and mm-hmm. to in general be picture to picture Uganda and the East Africa as a whole and Africa as a whole to be much better than it's portrayed now I mean there are a lot of people that won't like that because it affects their interests mm-hmm. but that's not my fucking problem my fucking problem is I need to gain all the knowledge I can from where I can yeah and that's from the most powerful place in the world which is America and understand the blueprints behind why they are the way they are and apply that to what Africa is and make it better like aspects of it not everything but aspects of it yeah and that's my just my thought process i digressed and i probably forgot like what we're tying down but no like, we ended goes the last to, topic so don't worry it goes it goes back to the foreign aid it's like if you have a country that requests the foreign aid but uses it in a way that exponentially betters the country the state the common man right not everybody but most mm-hmm. mostly everybody and get them on the path to having the opportunities creating the space to have them create the opportunities to make the best of themselves that is what i want more than anything and it's like i say financial aid can do that i mean financial aid helps me here it's like i'm getting an education because of financial aid yeah and i'm learning the things that i need to learn because of financial aid and so that was I'm the main reason i came to minnesota i did not like let me tell you my f- my there, process we don't get many recruits yeah <laughs> like let me tell you in let the me cold tell you winters the main fucking reason that i came to minnesota please do I did not please fucking, do man i did not it was financial aid plain and simple i did not fucking care where i was gonna be i didn't care whether i was gonna be on the east coast the west coast the midwest I didn't even fucking care that I was going to be on a monastery. I just said, <laughs> I came blindly. Yeah. I came blindly. I looked at the brochures that looked kind of nice and cool. Yeah. But it was completely different from like what was imagined in my head. How many times did you visit? I never visited you once. You didn't visit at all? I didn't visit once. All I had was a interview with the international admissions director, okay. which is Alex Schlepper. Oh, yeah, I know Alex. Soul, bless his soul that he actually took the chance on me. Um, and let me come in with the grades that I did because it wasn't the best of grades, right? But he saw something in me that allowed me to come here. And now I'm yeah. talking with Ben on no, his podcast. Well, I've learned so many things. I've told you since the begin, since day one, because you've always told me about how you worry about grades. You worry about your writing, especially because that's yeah. how I really got to know you is through your writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're pliable. You're at least willing to step out of your comfort zone and try stuff. So I, I understand where he's coming from is that a lot of kids that are really, really brilliant yeah. are beat to jobs because they're not willing to step out of their comfort zone and try it. You know, I'm trying it right now. I'm, I think that's a re- big reason that you and I get along so yeah. much outside of all the things that are so different about us and yeah our different backgrounds but we have a common understanding and respect yeah. for one another you have a respect and you have a willingness to take a chance and to fail yeah and i totally get that because i failed miserably in many many things and we can talk about it this from will probably be one to education yeah. to random i'm things. doing this podcast because i'm prop most of them are gonna suck yeah but this is what I want to try to do. I'm, you know, I, it was funny. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she's like, are the podcasts up? I'm like, yeah, yeah. they are. They're finally up. And she's like, really? Mm. I'm like, I finally did it. Mm. 
they're awful, but I finally did, yeah, you know, did. <laughs> but I think that's a huge thing. And when you say like he saw something in you, it's that you're pliable. You're willing to step out and try stuff. Yeah. And at least you're willing to dream because I remember getting laughed at at Superior saying yeah. that I wanted to host my own talk Podcast. show yeah. and I wanted to do it about sports. I yeah. wanted to talk basketball. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk football. I wanted to talk all sports, soccer, baseball, soccer, baseball whatever, whatever I had. Anything in between. And I wanted e-sports to bring guests as well, on. which is yeah. going to be a big thing. I've commented on yeah. esports. I was a host for the esports tournament. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short there that at least you're willing to try and fail and at least get out there because most students that are coming from foreign countries don't they do that. They kind of hide in their shell. They do. They hide. Um, the Superior was definitely so. We didn't. The only yeah. girl I knew that was from another country was Obi. Yeah. And the reason that she was is because I met her through the Newman Center. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going through stuff and I need to get out. I met her through the Newman Center. That's it. Yeah. Koreans, Chinese, they all kept to themselves. I would have loved to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to talk to people. You know this. Yeah. So it, it breaks my heart that I see a lot of people that are just coming over Even here. Even here, too. Yeah. Even here, too. Um, it, there's a lot it's of a peop- huge there's, problem here. There's a lot of groups that keep to themselves. Yeah. Um, Even, even amongst us who are people of color, it's hard. Um, I like, feel like it's even more than people of color because you say people of color. Yeah. Black Student Society yeah. keeps to themselves. Archipelago Hmong Society keeps themselves. Exactly. You're the Bahamian. Bahamians. Bah- well, it's mainly the Bahamian group, but like m- you could say like most of the Caribbeans that come here. Um, and that's not to like say that I they're bad people. They're friends. wonderful yeah, people. They're, they're fantastic. They are. I have a couple of them here. It's so hard to. Um, it's so hard to like be in that space and like. Um, always relate to them as much as you yeah. can but you can't always relate to people you can't always click to them and i i just got that as a fact of life and i felt like it was down to um a difference in interest and willingness to open up as well kind of another this is related somewhat but have you ever felt the pressure to assimilate to a community constantly Even really they um it's hard not to yeah um like is this obviously this is who you are like i i've gotten to know you personally you're one of my very good friends here on campus i enjoy being in your company but when you're in class do you feel like you can be jonathan not all the time not all the time not all the time um it's kind of hard to speak up sometimes yeah um then other times you want to speak up but you're scared that if you do you're not teaching somebody something and they won't get away learning something from you're it. just gonna scream at them yeah they think you're gonna scream at them and you're you're having to watch your words and trying trying your best to not be mad <laughs> right even i appreciate you are. it so much because even though you yeah, are i know you're trying not to be mad and educate them as much as you can but that emotion comes up because it's something that's so dear to you and relates so much to who you are and I got to this point where I decided I am not going to define myself by what the color of my fucking skin is, yeah. where I'm from, and I will base it upon what my interests are and knowing that my interests will change. And there'll be so many things that I'm interested in and just find my way and be me. 
it's hard every day but i try to that's all you can do um i try not to judge as many people as i can i try i try to be as friendly to people as as many as them as i can even though like i have my faults um i was um recently actually tonight <laughs> there was a special election and i'm gonna say this uh no it's fine date the yeah you, you're welcome a special election yeah for a senate position that i had won last year that i, had I was run bummed for that you didn't do it i really a, was because you were perfect year, for senate um i was i was elected as club auditor but due to my gpa being lower than what is required it was lower than uh, a 2.0 but it could have it it was close it was really close for this semester and it was low mainly because of health issues and and a lot of balancing and adjusting to the environment. Yeah, for people listening, Jonathan comes in and out of school sometimes just with health issues once in a while, yeah. but it's nothing too serious. Well, it's, it, well, it's serious it's, enough it's, to pull you from school. It's serious enough to but pull it's me not from like, school and serious enough to like get me dead, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm underselling it too um, much. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's Like you've always been really let's, good let's about go it, though. Let's, let's That's the thing it, I'm trying to get like to. Cuz we've we've gone into it a few times but we haven't gone into detail. And yeah, minus I, I if, as long as you're comfortable. That's the thing. I am. Stage um, is yours. Um so basically what I have is a condition, a chronic illness called sickle cell anemia. And um it's a blood disorder that affects me from time to time and I have to be, I get a lot of pain because of it. Um, and in general, it has pulled me out of school a lot, um, makes me exhausted from time to time and I don't feel like I can perform as much as, I, as well as I can. And crazy thing for my first year at St. John's was um, I, for the first year I was in hospital about three to four times yeah ad- three times admitted um all of them in the span for the fall semester uh, the first one you were gone in the first two months you went twice yeah i went and twice. then you went again closer to christmas i think it was the tail end of november yeah and then i think you had an attack when we got back yeah when we got back in the spring i when we had the worst that was the worst right. weather. Like That's when right. it was crazy. When it was crazy. That week when we had like about two days off. Because we were gonna hang out. Yeah, I was we gonna were. come talk to you. The plan was to hang out, and yeah. I ended up being in St. Cloud, and yeah. you were basically stranded here, and you couldn't visit. No, that's. Fu- I found other ways oh. about it, but yeah, we were gonna hang yeah, out. Yeah, it was night. crazy. But anyways, I in the first semester I had an attack where I was out for a week. And then the week after I got out of the hospital from that attack, I got my gallbladder taken out. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, yeah, right. So that was so it was three times. This immediately turned to friends and keeping up with friends from podcasts. It was, crazy. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so crazy because when I told it to people, I was like, "Oh, um, I was at St. Cloud Hospital for the weekend, and I got my gallbladder taken out." <laughs> you know what's insane? And you know, I know exactly the reason I forgot yeah. that. One of my best friends, Joey. Yeah. Same exact time, got his gallbladder removed. Oh shit! So I had two friends get the same procedure at the same time. Ah, that is wild. I know. Um, so like it was a combination of that stuff and just overall. Um, but you've been so good about it. Like you're so like you bounce back quick. Like at least from the eye. Like every time I've talked to you afterwards, you're always like, 
I'm just going back. I'm just going to do it again. Like I, it's just a part of life and you're good at it. Like, I don't know if I had that issue. I think, I think I've gone through it so many times over my lifetime because it's a hereditary disease and I've had, I've had to go through it since I was one. And that was when I was diagnosed and I had to learn from my dad and my mom that this is what you have. Yeah. This is what you have to work out, watch out for. And this is why you're having pain. Right, and this is why you have to go to the hospital, and this is why you have to be intoxicated with all these drugs from pethidine to fucking morphine to diclofenac, which is your version of e- ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, diclofenac is that, um, <laughs> or as Wanda Sykes likes to call tramadol. it, ibuprofen. fucking profen. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And like all these drugs, and like a bunch of different antibiotics, yeah, to a whole host of things. Yep. No. And just because I've been accustomed to it, it seems normal to me. And, like, I just try to. But mentally is when where it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it was hard this time because I didn't have family around to, like, support, do all the other things. That first year was really it tough. Was, it was brutal. And the I, fact that I was single, too, didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I was single, too, didn't help at all. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> Because, uh, cause, like, you're, bo- you're balancing both life and health and school. And you need an emotional buddy. Normal, you need an emotional buddy. You're being and you want somebody to cuddle with. <laughs> you don't even want somebody to get laid with. Like, you can, no. You, your right hand is enough. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody to have an emotional connection with is yeah. hard. You need a balancing act between somebody who cares about it you and somebody so to care hard. about to keep the mind off. Yeah, exactly. It's important. Because you're not focusing on me, me, me. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah. You got to be a fucking adult, basically. No, I and, totally understand, man. And so what ended up happening over the summer was not just that, right? Mm-hmm. Not just me having to basically drop out, which is so fucking disappointing. And pisses me off right now. Yeah. It, like, that competitive side of me is like, I'm going to run again. No, and dude. And I'm going to, like, show these people. If you run I again, I will come back to this <laughs> campus. And I will watch I will, you win. I will thing. wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who it is I want to wreck. I just want to wreck you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the best it's, part. Can it's I the tell gang quick... side of my mom that comes yeah, out it's, every now. It's the freaking mafia side. The <laughs> Uganda the mafia. mafia. <laughs> Pulling but up on anyways, the wagon and the, being anyways, like, get I in the car. Out and then, like, I was so close to not coming back, actually. You're kidding. I am not kidding, because... I didn't realize because, you were that close. Because um because my GPA wasn't that well, wasn't that good as well. Yeah. It affected my scholarship. Oh, that's true. So you that's have right. to have... you basi- I basically have to have tw- a 2.0 and above to stay in standing. And actually, it's technically still... Like suspended, but they paid it off, and they're like, so long as I get it up to a two point oh this semester yeah. and above that, so that my GPA rises, they show that improvement. I'll still be on campus, but I had to appeal initially, and I had to talk to um Robert Picota, the director of um of financial aid. <laughs> oh yeah, back. Bob. Yep. Yeah, I met him. I met him um, once or twice, and too, because I've been talking I, about I, that stuff. I was so close to shitting my parents. I didn't even tell my mom that I was close to not coming back. God, that would freak me out. Um, Alistair went through that last year. 
Yeah, so what had happened is... Alistair being another foreign exchange student yeah, we had um, for listeners who don't know him. That was unfortunate for him. I was sad about that. Yeah, I, was, I, I miss him to this day. He was yeah, like my brother. Same. same. He was my Irish twin, literally. <laughs> we were born exactly yeah. a year apart, same birthday and everything. No way. Yes, that same is day. And even down to like the hour. Yeah. We were right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and we looked deadbeat alike. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Like, one <laughs> no, day I was don't. around and like, oh, he's not here. What happened? And uh, he had his own thing. Yeah. Um, that's for another podcast. That's for another <laughs> podcast. Um, but, yeah, I was so close to not coming back. But I talked to my cousin. And my cousin is, like, basically my older brother. This is the one that just got married, correct? Um, he just had his traditional marriage. And I'm going for back to Uganda after the long weekend i'm going on the first i'm and so then, excited to see these pictures when you come back yeah <laughs> i'm excited for them too because yeah. like like he never used to talk about his like love life so oh, it's so yeah. it was so hard to like talk to him about girls and stuff like that like especially when i when i had low-key crushes when i was younger <laughs> uh we all need the person. Shorter. We do. <laughs> we need a guy. Yeah, you need a guy to talk about this stuff. You can't always talk about it to your mom. <laughs> no, it's hard. It yeah. is hard. Um, but anyways, I'm going back after the long weekend on the first to um, and then I'll be back around the sixth or seventh. That's another thing to do because like this whole week, um, I actually have to catch up on all my stuff that I have to do, get ahead as well. Yeah. And then I'm actually taking my exam for macro early and all this stuff. You got it. Yeah. Like you're pretty good about scheduling your stuff. I'm scared least. about it, but uh, but we'll see what happens. Oh, um, let that fear drive you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like I, yeah, just going back to like the whole summer and how crazy it was and like all the stuff I had to drop and like just make it a priority to mm-hmm. like make sure i'm in the school because without it then i can't do stuff like this i can't i can't talk to people i can't talk to girls that i like um i probably wouldn't be dating the girl i'm dating right now uh no and no. then like a bunch of things that i wouldn't get to experience that i actually love about this school i might hate the refood it's a <laughs> piece of shit Dude, we can and walk in there not, together, and, it's and we can both spit over our shoulder at that. The food that I Ugh. miss from home, or it's not just the good food that I get outside, just from like freaking Zafiro's. One of the these days, up. we gotta make a McDonald's run. I swear, <laughs> not even a McDonald's run. We're gonna make a combination of McDonald's, Chipotle, oh, and freaking Ch- dude, uh, and freaking Chick Fil A. Every oh Chick, even though a bunch of people that are part of the LBG. LBGTQ plus group. Yeah. Um, they're going to be pissed because, like, obviously Chick-fil-A doesn't do that. And I'm like, man, you I know, just want good fucking food. You want good chicken? Yeah. Chick-fil-A is the way. That's it. Um, that's that's all that needs to be said. They're probably going to be offended by this, but, like, at the same time, I do understand what their struggle is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I just want food. I don't want everything to be a political agenda. I wonder as well. about that all the time, though. I do. I really feel like businesses, like the personal opinion of your owners, should be their personal opinion, and not related to your fucking business, because it's a business. Yeah. And as a business, your goal is profit maximization and building a community that is constantly consuming the product or service that you're providing. And mm-hmm. if you start to exclude people just because you think you're as exclusive as you are, 
you're gonna be running out of business soon and that's just a fact of life yeah right? it is and, and it's something we don't think about because yeah. it's so i don't know as an american and american businesses you know it's land of opportunity you make your own business mm-hmm. it's your business right and it's hard to separate business from mentality sometimes the two yeah um but it's an interesting time, thought yeah but at the same time i feel like there's so much here that is so highly politicized and there's so many people that want to be offended for bullshit when like there's always ways to handle things right um i deal with racism almost every other day when somebody is not is low-key just not talking to you just because they believe that oh i can't relate to them or yeah just a combination of different things where you're you're getting barriers to connect to somebody or to get where you need to go Mm. and i'm like why should that stop me if if you if you're that is your opinion and i cannot change that about you like the only person that can change another person is themselves yeah if you decide to change it's because of you and nobody's gonna change for anyone other than themselves and other than they've realized that they need to change yeah it's Um, one of those things that we've been talking about a lot on the show my personal philosophy like when i came was i find people that i can share similar interests with and are actually understandable they don't have to know everything they don't have to know anything about my culture you talk to me and i'm an idiot Facts. <laughs> i'm an idiot too yeah, but man. we're two idiots together that yeah. talk about anything and everything yeah man. and it's a beautiful thing to just talk and be in a space where we're not worrying about stepping over um each other's toes no because i could start talking about you being a cracker and all yeah. that shit and that would be f- offensive as fuck you could call but, me a spick you can but, call me a guinea you can call but me whatever like, you i want. don't even know those fucking terms and exactly. where the origins of them are from and I'm like, but also Ben is just highly respectful. <laughs> like, you just don't, you don't go overboard. I mean, well, you're I, borderline, the, <laughs> which the is thing, fun for me. The thing that I think has helped me out so much is yeah. that Superior, I, I went through, of all things, I had depression. Yeah. And that got me into comedy. Uh-huh. And the combination of those two opened me up to a new level of personal Not view. Not giving a fuck. Well, and just looking at myself and saying, yeah. you know what? What is it everybody that you on this do? earth goes through the same exact BS every single day? That is true. So why on earth should I look at myself and say, as a white guy, you know, yeah. in some BS like that, exactly. when I could just I literally walk up to you, or I could walk up to Koi, or I could walk up to Dan, who are all yeah. three vastly different human beings, yeah. and I can make you laugh regardless, and I can usually do it with the same joke. Exactly. And if I can do that, I feel really good. So when I started getting those highs, it taught me a lot about people, and it got yeah. me really interested in other people. And frankly, I feel like that <laughs> the fact that we dance around <laughs> each other's toes so much is mockably hilarious. It's it. so funny to me that we have to tiptoe around some of the most stupid things about like i look at you you're an african man yeah i'm a white german no ass (laughs) big nosed american (laughs) and that's fucking hilarious that That is so amazing to me and like i i tell i tell ben this all the time it's like when we meet up it's one of two things when we interact with each other 
either we're having a quick hi how how are you what are you up to what are you going to be doing yeah oh, show I'm some busy love. doing this i have this class i have this i have this i yeah. have this meeting i have this i got to go here i yep. got to go do this or it's it's just I a quick come dab. by like wednesday i came by after work at 9 p.m. i am absolutely exhausted. i saw you twice that day didn't i yeah that was lunch and then i saw you afterwards exactly and i and think i talked to you for i was over exhausted six after all the work that i had to do and then i came by and we had a two three hour conversation yeah you came at i nine. left here at midnight yep and we're like we're joking about like how <laughs> that could have been the podcast and whatever we're discussing there would have been recorded well and the thing it's yeah. just crazy yeah and to me you know people oh, always man. ask me about race because I talk to all different races all yeah. the time. And people are like, why do you get along with everyone so well? It's like, like how do you handle it? Because so I have, this is what I claim it is. It's yeah. because I have a total, mastery is a terrible word for it. Yeah. But I just have a total acceptance of my own humanity. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I really am. And you know what? I'm a white <laughs> idiot. I'm and, a really tall, lengthy, it, thin idiot. You put I'm, it out there. Um and I'm okay being embarrassed. I'm okay <laughs> saying I'm wrong. I'm okay to say, you know what? I, may I don't not know, know shit about, about you. This, yeah. But please tell me more. Yeah. And You're don't, open to learning. And the thing that drives that home, yeah. the thing that the piece de resistance, right? Yeah. Is that I'm okay calling bullshit. And I'm yeah. saying, stop fucking virtue signaling to me. Yeah. I see that shit. Exactly. Don't tell me because I'm a black man, I feel this and that and the other. Tell me what nah. you really think. Exactly. Tell, it's okay to talk to me. It's okay to yeah. tell me, you know what, Ben? This conversation, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Great. Yeah. Let me, tell me why. Yeah, open communication oh. about why do you feel the way that you're feeling. I'm not going to feel like I'm pressuring you. I don't yeah. want to feel that way. I'm totally, I totally want you to feel like, you know what, this guy I can have a safe, honest conversation with. Exactly. And that's because I have a mockingly comical version of myself <laughs> that I feel I can turn to and say, you know what? Oh, you may be going through life and it may be difficult to deal with all these things. Mm -hmm. I've gone through my life. I've dealt with many a barrier. Yeah. We all have those. We They're have all, all going to be different. We, we all have shit that we deal with. Yeah. We all have shit that we deal with and accepting that we have shit to deal with and not judging other people because we know we have shit that is that we have dealt with and we know that we're not perfect you get into this but we're also both weird honestly let me not even lie we're just we're interested in weird. things that people aren't you yeah, know I'm, that's the truth i'm interested that in cults you were interested in like anime music. of all yeah. things and like random random music and all this other stuff you can go ahead and say the end we're nerds we are <laughs> fucking nerds we are fucking nerds. We are. We are. I'm a basketball nerd. You're an anime nerd. It's terrible. We it's, both look at statistics. So like, we look at artwork. We look at everything. It's and terrible. And you know, this might, this, this probably is the trigger for me actually finally starting that YouTube channel to review anime stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been, just for listeners, me and Jonathan have worked for almost a year on like planning on a, on a, what a plan for him to start his own outlet. <laughs> for him to express some of his interests. And one was an anime. And I was going to tell you this, and I might as well just tell you why I got you. Yeah. The podcast um, world, you know, just yeah. in general, because we post from these things called RSS feeds, yeah. which are sites that you can put upload your podcast to, mm -hmm. and they're companies that 
distribute the podcast for you. Yeah. So you upload it once, and then ten different outlets will be filled with your podcast. Mm-hmm. YouTube's one. Google yeah. Podcast. This one's on Spotify, probably. Yeah. Google Podcast. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Apple Music. And Apple all Music is one. So. Title. <laughs> Do they I, have a podcast se- section? Not that yeah, I know of. They probably do, though. Probably but I don't do. upload to them. Yeah. But, um, oh, shoot. This is... SoundCloud as well. SoundCloud, yeah. That's, that's where we got our SoundCloud rappers. Like yeah. Russ. Russ is an amazing SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, shout out to but Russ. But we also got niggas like Takashi 69 well, Was he a SoundCloud rapper? I don't know. I don't keep track of him. Yeah. I, I, he freaks me out. The only time I actually, like, <laughs> kept up with him right now currently is because of, like, his trial and, like, his testimony. That is and, like, fascinating all, to me, dude. And, like, all the, the memes that are coming from it. Because you know I'm also a meme addict. Like, anybody who actually listens to this but also follows me on Snapchat knows the amount of memes that I post daily. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous amount. It takes me effort. <laughs> it takes me it takes effort, effort to go through, to your, go through. your feed. Yeah. But you're my friend, so I have to. It's I, a social construct. Dude, I, I walk away and I <laughs> I think I've got like an extra half an hour screen time on me. And I'm just like, you know, I need to call my dad. I need to talk to somebody. I need to. <laughs> oh, I need to talk Lord. to people about this because I'm not sure. The best part is when I'll get like screenshots yeah. of the music you're listening to. I'm like, come on, get to the point. <laughs> you know, and I'm like out loud saying to myself. Yeah, and I have random stuff. Like it will go from French music to my Afro beats to like random hip hop that I discover. And then all this alternative shit. Did I tell you about Koi's music? No. I know this is kind of veering off on a yeah. sidetrack, but that's fine. Yeah. But, um, no, Koi, it's fine. He was my roommate, too. Yeah. So. Like, context, we've talked about Koi on yeah. the podcast before. Koi is one of my residents. He's yeah. one of my good friends. He's Jonathan's former roommate. And an absolute batshit nutcase. He is insane, <laughs> but a great cook. But he's, he's lovable. He's a lovable nutcase. Anyway, Except Koi. Except when his shirt is off. Koi will probably be on the podcast. He was, he considered stopping by tonight. <laughs> And I told him, you know, tonight I kind of wanted to just interview one at a time while we're starting yeah. out before I move up to two people. Get a ma- you know, really understand yeah. how to interview one person before I get to two. Uh-huh. But <laughs> Koi has now got his own room, similar to me. Yeah. Like an RA. And, and me too. <laughs> and you <laughs> too. You as well. one. Yeah. But what, it, what happened was he – I did a bit on this yeah. just the other day. He has, like, electronic music. Yeah. It's like the stuff you listen to that impulses you to buy stuff and like yeah. Barnes and Noble, you know, uh-huh. that kind of music. Yeah. And the album covers are all identical except uh. <laughs> except for like the focal point of the cover. They're all plain black or plain white canvas in the back yeah. and then they'll put some sort of vegetation in the middle. That's yeah. the album cover. <laughs> and then it will say like yeah. brought to you by David and <laughs> blah 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 on the top. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every time i come in there i sit down yeah and the tv is on yeah. with pandora playing yeah. with all of those stupid album he covers has, he has random shit playing all the time and yeah. then he's on like either youtube or he's playing one of his games yep i'll sit down in that chair he'll be playing i'll talk to him for a little bit lights are off so the only light coming into the room is from the television or the laptop laptop or the and tv with the pandora you know that sign he put, like, on his window that says open? I told him to get that. 
Oh my goodness. I told him it'd be he funny and actually did it. something else, but I was like, nigga, no. Well, uh, now he's going to get a sign because his name is Koi. Yeah. Which we he likes the name Adam. Yeah. But last year we said Koi is such an awesome name. Yeah. Be proud of it. Like, that's yeah, an awesome name. We know be, it. Be what you are. So now his f- hub. Yeah, is supposedly called the Koi Pond. The Koi Pond. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I believe he has talked to us and about it like so many times. There's Every time so we're many there. dirty jokes about the koi pond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! I mean, it's not hard to jump. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I could go on for an hour about terrible jokes about the koi pond, but oh my yeah, god, he's so random. He's the most random person I've yeah. ever seen in my entire life. I love him for it, but sometimes it exhausts. This will make him smile because he'll hear this. I guarantee yeah. you he will. Koi, we, will. we love you, buddy. We love you. Oh, God, we love uh. you. Great kid. Great guy. Just in general, great guy. But yeah. overall, he oh, he wrote on my board the other day that he's yeah. going to cook for everyone. But I am trying to think. I think we're kind of reaching the end of our podcast here. If there's any other questions I have to ask you, because I've held you captive in this room for long enough, I feel. Honestly, I could go on for longer. That's my that's my fear. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Again, sorry it was cut a little bit short, but the best content was saved. Me and Jonathan continued to have a great conversation late into the evening, but this was my favorite part that I wanted to share with you guys. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Jonathan for joining me, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening.